0: This is Urasawa Boys, a podcast where we read and discuss the works of uh, manga artist and author Naoki Urasawa. Uh, Right now, we're reading Monster, and Monster deals with a lot of dark and troubling topics and themes, so a list of content warnings is going to be available in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm
1: Quinn. I'm Matt Fennell.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm also Samuel Quinn Morris. I'm both of those. Um, you Quinn and, and Samuel Quinn Morris
1: simultaneously. Quinn
0: and Samuel Quinn Morris. It's like a, it's a Quintum superposition. Oh. <laughs>
1: um, yeah,
0: I got two. I got two in there. All right, we're in it. What a, what a great start. Everybody, welcome back to Arasawa Boys. Um, we're reading Arasawa and we are reading here... The last volume of Monster by Naoki Urasawa.
1: Holy yeah, shit! When I got to the end, and I was like, you know, the question that I always ask at the at the end of a reading is, "Well, where does it go from here?" And the answer this time was, "Oh wait, there's no more. It's done." Yeah,
0: yeah. There's it's it's well, I, well, is that the answer though? I
1: mean, unfortunately, probably we're gonna have to get into. The, I looked into a little bit of afterwards, and it looks like mm-hmm. it sucks. Honestly.
0: Oh, no. It doesn't look like it something that's like worth our time. Another monster sucks? Yeah,
1: it doesn't, doesn't not seem like it's really? worth our time. But is it by Urasawa? It's a light novel that I guess he wrote, that is, I think.
0: That is interesting that he wrote it and it still sucks.
1: I mean, it's extremely Stephen King school of just, I'm going to give you all these details that aren't really important. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> like, okay, I just yeah, have okay. to explain what's going on. <laughs> You know, <laughs> just let me explain. Yeah. Let me write three more pages.
0: I expect. I, I mean, I mean, I would not be surprised if Urasawa is a better mangaka than novelist.
1: Probably would be. My you know,
0: guess. like it's it's a very different set of tools for storytelling with uh pretty different um, uh, successes and failures, uh, but. But anyway, yeah. that
1: is that's that's for the future. Let's take a step back because it's been, well, I just checked the recording date. It was September 3rd was when we recorded the last episode. So it's been yeah, like so 3 or month. 4 weeks. Yeah, um, and
0: it and it feels like it too.
1: Yeah, shaking the rust off a little bit. How you been? Anything going on in the life of Quinn?
0: Um I've mostly just been overworking myself. Okay. So so what happened was When I was in New York, I was so goddamn busy. All I had time for, really, was I would go to work, and then I would go home, and I would hang out or play video games or do something artistic, and then I'd go to sleep, and then I'd do the same thing the next day, right? That kind of life is very, it's simple. It's prescribed. But now I'm out here in fucking Iowa. My job does not take up all of my life. I wake up in the morning, and then I have school for just one hour. And then a few hours in the middle of the day until I go to work. And then maybe I close and maybe I don't. And so the thing is that I have significantly, I have so much more free time than I did in New York. And I am not using it well.
1: Look, it's an embarrassment of riches situation. You win the lottery, you're going to make some stupid purchases right out of the gate. So this is what we're doing, but with time.
0: Yeah, I am overbooking myself. I've been making these extravagant meals with Zoe. <laughs> um, this Sunday, we made slow roasted barbecue brisket, collard greens, uh, coleslaw, and some homemade little sandwich buns.
1: You made the um, little buns. I love homemade sandwich buns. I've done that before. They are so good.
0: Yeah, it was from a lovely. It was from a lovely man on YouTube. This like North England. Um, uh dude he's I love his accent. Um he's like these little corner buns <laughs> so delightful you know <laughs> and, you know <laughs> always keep a little extra in the freezer. You know, he's so it's such a like he's a it's such a gentle voice. It's it's very cute. He's a very sweet guy. And his food looks very good, you know, he'll make he'll make these like little like steak steak pasties or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. love, love that guy john kirkwood i believe, I believe okay guys shout out john up. kirkwood shout outs john kirkwood and his very good little uh corner corner bones uh recipe um so anyway but so it's that but then like like two or three meals a week at that level of complexity
1: She's louise
0: like it's too much man um you know, and then I have at least three game projects going. Uh, and then, you know, school and work on top of that. And then this and home. Um, it's 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 too much. So I'm I'm having to I'm having to dial back. Even today though, like today is kind of like my last day before I, I step back because I woke up early <laughs> So I woke up early in the morning, one, to do my homework. Two to get on a phone call with somebody so my dad makes documentaries, right? And it's not like, aha, Quinn's Nepo origins revealed. No, he's just, he makes environmental documentaries. Nobody pays him shit. Um, you know, but it's the, he's helping make this documentary about like sharks in South Africa, like like the like the fishing industry and its effect on sharks. Oh, wow. And so, And so, and because I've done, like, some, like, acting and and voice stuff, like, casually, you know, in my life, he was like, hey, do you want to talk to this person to, uh, who's, like, who might, we might make the narrator? And so I, I, she's in South Africa, you know, so I, I, we had to call it, like, eight in the morning, because she's five hours ahead. And, uh... And so, you know, I had to wake up early so to like talk to her about voice acting and stuff. But then later, it turned out, oh, she can't do it anyway because because the the fishing industry in South Africa is essentially the mob. And oh, so they'll come could... after
1: her, yeah. Yes,
0: literally. Okay. Um, like at the very least, they will shut down the company she works for. They'll take away her fu- the the fucking permit, and That's so she crazy. loses her job. That's crazy. You know, it's it's fucked up. Um... <sighs> So, yeah, it's uh, there's all kinds of stuff happening.
1: Yeah, uh, it sounds like it. There, There's a lot going on. Um, yeah, so I just
0: never think the South African shark mob is there's is so much going on in South Africa. Shark mob,
1: like in some ways, I'm shocked, right? But also, I'm like, yeah, this tracks, of definitely. course,
0: <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, of course, if anywhere in this godforsaken earth would have a shark mob. It feels like it would be South
1: Africa. Yeah, you've got to guard the emerald mines with sharks. <laughs>
0: there you go. Yeah, engineering new kinds of sharks.
1: Um, with laser beams. Uh- <laughs>
0: that's, what they, that's what they need the emeralds for. It's their lenses for the, for the lasers. Um,
1: Listeners, All I am fifty right. fifty on whether or not Quinn got that Austin Powers joke that I was making about sharks I with freaking laser beads. Okay. Yes. I couldn't tell.
0: Although although to me I associate it more with the reference made to Austin Powers in the Lego movie.
1: Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. Well, I was thinking good. there's a there's sharks, a Lego computer lasers, game. lasers,
0: <laughs> laser sharks. It's a, good, it's a good bit.
1: That's a good movie. Um, there's a, a Lego bit. video game, a, a Lego computer game called Alpha Team. And I'm pretty sure there's sharks with lasers in that. Like Alpha Team is a good, oh, yeah. uh, a good video game. It's like uh, you it's play as game. all these, they're like weird Mission Impossible, like the original Tom Cruise Mission Impossible, like that one from the 90s. They all look like that and you mm. do it's not lemmings but it's like kind of you hit the button to go and your guy runs and you have these little pads that you can place out on the level so it's like you know this one he'll do a quarter turn to the right and then jump and all this stuff and it's like a fun little puzzle game and all the guys have different abilities very good game lots of fun
0: yeah oh speaking of puzzle games uh me and zoe just this last week we played this fucking amazing game called i've seen Chance you playing this Cinar. okay yeah you saw me playing it uh if anybody listening is interested in puzzle games or linguistics uh just pick it up like i and if you're and if you're in the middle of that venn diagram i know you've already played uh heaven's Vault. oh um, heaven's Vault. okay
1: heaven's that's fault that's right that's the other and one let me
0: tell you uh chance of sonar is better actually
1: oh I, I, I was getting clips of it on tiktok game. and it looked pretty good it's fucking amazing.
0: Um, the only problem with it, it's a real like Oberdin situation. You can't play it more. Love than the Oberdin.
1: Okay, I've got to get into this yeah. soon.
0: Oh yeah. Absolutely pick it up. It's 20 bucks. It's that's 20 bucks. Cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so an absolutely incredible game. You know, twenty bucks for a nice, like, what, we played it for seven, eight hours. Um, and uh is sh- that shit's amazing. It's one of my favorite games. Wow, world.
1: that's pretty right? Strong words. Okay, I'll, it, I'll have to it's get in also there.
0: I mean, it was made in a lab for me, to be fair you know uh it was they they really like like they they bought up my biometrics from from <laughs> facebook like like they got my high school biometrics off of my facebook and That's... so they they did design it based on outdated uh outdated stolen personal information mm. but uh luckily for them it, it's uh, close it's enough still, It yeah. still works it's on, still
1: exactly, you jiggle exactly. the key a little bit the door will open <laughs> yeah um <laughs> uh yeah all yeah, right that sounds great. you
0: want to get to it is there anything well else i gotta talk Matt?
1: about my exciting things that have oh, happened my to me gosh. because i so this is my second week back at work after i took a week off to go to the mountains of vermont to die, right? Um, right.
0: Yeah. And and so this is you post resurrection. I'm a
1: ghost. Right? Uh, well, yeah. No, I got so sick afterwards. Anyway, but uh, so I I ran in a I ran in a Spartan race, which is basically you pay like two hundred dollars so you can go run a race that is like the it's like it's just toxic masculinity, you know? Yeah. It's I'm gonna do all these monkey bars and jump over these walls and crawl through mud and barbed wire. And yeah. Was
0: the was the was the electric fence the, still there?
1: No. So the electric fence is a different one. There's a there's a competing uh, r- toxic masculine race called the tough mutter. This one's called the Spartan race. I think it's a little bit more upstanding. But there was some discourse happening at points I in the race, say. like guys were talking about, yeah, I've done mutters and like these, you know, here's how this one's different. Here's what I like better about that. So I I learned a lot against my will about these types of races. But <laughs> we signed up for this back in February. Um, some people from one of the church groups we go to, I guess, do a lot of these and convince my buddy Andrew that we should do it. So the two of us signed up, and then he got shoulder surgery because um, he, he broke his shoulder back in high school, and it has, like, never healed right. So he got this surgery back in May to fix it, and so then just, like, hasn't – he still doesn't have full range of motion back, right? Man. So. He he couldn't run it anymore, but I was like, Well, I'm gonna do this. Uh so it was a it yeah, was
0: totally
1: twenty one K and like I running is the main exercise that I do because I hate myself. Um, so I bought a weight vest and i have just been running uphill on treadmills for a couple months and then realized like I'm gonna have to like develop some upper body strength for some of these obstacles. So then was just lifting weights and doing all sorts of shit for about a month there and i was really worried i wasn't going to be able to do it but i we so we we took a week we drove up we stopped in dc we saw my mom and my dad we went to new york um we went to boston and we saw john from the brain trust there for a little bit um we drove to portland maine where i had a lobster roll terrible horrible disgusting food
0: terrible oh did not did not care
1: for it at all uh we were i was so excited for the lobster roll right like was it mayonnaise? a bad
0: lobster roll I just think it was I just don't think I like bad.
1: well it was cold is and I think is normally the way that, it's like what? a lobster salad is what a lobster the roll is fuck yeah. so i have
0: always thought a lobster roll was going to be a hot sandwich
1: same here apparently not i think hot a is like out of the ordinary yeah
0: doesn't sound good i mean i don't like seafood at all so even a hot one sounds terrible to me but but I mean lobster is so strongly fucking flavored. mm -hmm. Like you like you want the heat so that other stuff can stand up to it. Question mark.
1: So it was it was terrible uh did Ooh. did not like it but we had a great time in portland maine uh other highlights from the trip include uh we went to atlantic city i won 300 dollars gambling in atlantic city uh Fuck we paid yeah. we paid a man in a rickshaw to carry us back to our car and on the way back we locked eyes with the beautiful waitress from the mexican restaurant and she shook her head sadly at us like she was disappointed that we were taking this rickshaw and my buddy said this is a low moment for me this is very embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man then we went to Chinatown in New York and he tried to buy a fake Rolex and we uh got hustled by a bunch of Chinese guys yeah and uh how do
0: you fail to buy a fake Rolex
1: well we I found I pointed at a guy who had like one of those little sheets and I was like this guy's got watches so we followed him through a whole bunch of alleys and stuff and then just like got swarmed by these people and they were all talking to him like asking him what he wanted he's like you know leather band. Rolex and he pointed at one they're like okay we go get we go get and they are like stay here stay here and he's like okay and they're like $200 and he didn't want to pay $200 for a fake Rolex because that's too much to pay for a fake Rolex It is Um so he was like I don't know and they're like stay here stay here we go we, we're going to go get it stay here stay here So that we're waiting for like 5 minutes 7 minutes 8 minutes and he looks at me he's like we got to go I I like Don't want to do this. So he starts to leave, and the guy grabs him on the arm. Is like, wait, wait, it's coming, it's coming. So he tells me, he's like, just start walking. Like, I'll follow you in a second, and we're just going to walk away, and they won't follow. So I start walking. They don't care about me because I'm not trying to buy a watch. He starts following behind me. Two Chinese guys start following behind him. (laughs) So I stepped into into a dumpling restaurant and ordered some bao buns and a little bit of tea, and he... Like frantically runs up to the girl behind the counter and is like, do you have a bathroom? And she's like, yeah, around the corner and down the stairs. He sprints around the corner. And I'm just like taking my sweet time, enjoying, enjoying my bow buns and my phone rings. And I look down and it's him and I pick up and I go, hello. And he says, Turn around. I turn around and he squatted on the floor with his head out around the corner like this. So they can't like the two Chinese guys are outside the restaurant, like looking in, but he's not at eye level anymore. So they can't see him. And he's like, are they still there? Oh, my God. I was like, yeah, they're still there. So we had to wait for about 20 minutes before they, before they left. So that was that was pretty funny for me. Uh, it, he was, Jesus. it was very stressful for him, but it was, it was pretty funny for me.
0: Oh my God.
1: Um, he ended up finding a guy on Canal Street who sold him a, a fake Rolex there for much go. cheaper. I,
0: where, where were you guys? Okay. You weren't on Canal to start? Where were you? Trying no, to, we or, were in like where? the
1: heart of Chinatown, wandering around through those streets near Mulberry Street want, because it was right where Chinatown turns into Little Italy. You got to uh, go to Canal Street. Yeah.
0: You got to go to Canal.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Chinatown's usually not, uh, one of the stops that i hit when i go to new york because that's a I have, shame i i mean i had a great time when we when we went this time it was it was fun so those were like the big highlights and then of course after the race so ran the race it was a saturday morning I, it was uh-huh. seven hours 21k 6500 elevation gain uh i had to carry a sandbag up a hill at the very end of it nice, and nice. that's that sucked uh because that's
0: like, a big proponent of of sandbags. I bet. Sandbags. Yeah,
1: that sounds honestly a sandbag is like one of those multi-tools where it's like, I can do yeah. a lot with this.
0: Well, if you I mean if you get like because he had like this like specific little sandbag that like had a bunch of handles all over okay. it so you could like so you do a bunch different of different legs. exercises with it. <laughs> it was that that motherfucker was all purpose. I honestly, now that you brought it up, I kinda of want one again. The
1: sandbag is the perfect multi-tool.
0: Exactly. <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I hope there's a website somewhere that says that.
1: I'm sure we can Google it, and right? it, it will exist. Like, the sandbag like is the ultimate tool. There's
0: totally a YouTube video from some like fitness bro.
1: Oh yeah, talking about how all you need is a sandbag, and you can get yeah, ripped. yeah, literally like yeah. like
0: he's like he's holding it up in the thumbnail and he's pointing this. to it. It's got a big arrow. Yeah, yeah. You know, get rid of your home gym. One tool, <laughs> you know. Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just need
0: one thing at home
1: oh to man. get
0: ripped uh oh, there's geez.
1: gotta be an infomercial for the fancy sandbag with all the handles i'm sure that's like there's if, gotta be i gotta yeah. i gotta
0: ask dad what what, what brand the brand
1: that was. yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah, gotta figure it out uh oh. viewers are any of you like sandbag sandbag people <laughs> yeah
1: chime in let us know your sandbag thoughts yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really it feels like you know like Spotify did that like q, q a thing they're like oh do you have any like notes about this podcast I'm like nobody's using this nobody wants to type something into Spotify that's not what you do with Spotify Quinn, I'm gonna
1: be perfectly honest with you I don't even know how we would begin to see that information if someone typed it literally,
0: in literally 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 I just, have never is... looked
1: at a Spotify analytics page because as the listeners of this product probably know I think Spotify is a terrible po- platform for podcasts Um, and that is like one of my old man shouting at the cloud opinions because I realize I am in the minority. Um, whoa, 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 in the what minority? What did I say? That's
0: wild. You said minority, you just said it not once but twice. Minority, I've never heard that even one time, Matt. I've always heard minority.
1: Oh, interesting. We got to do as a bonus episode, we have to do one of those things where like. We read words to see our regional accents. Here, just like here's the here's the fun one that I always do. Syrup. How would you say that? Syrup. I see. I say syrup. See, this is oh, this the is the riveting it? content. You do the syrup. Yeah, I yeah say exactly.
0: Syrup. This is every play. Chance of sonar. If you want uh, more of this. Um... More of
1: this. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Oh, uh, geez. I, yeah. yeah okay. let's, I got let's. get one. into it. I got one. And oh dude! Yeah, uh, yeah. Here's here's my one. Whenever I say this, I don't even think this is like. I think the rest of my family says it different. This is just a Quinn thing. Everyone gets me on this. Calculator.
1: Calculator? Like calculator?
0: Calculator. Yeah. Oh,
1: you say calculator? Interesting. Yeah. Because you okay. don't
0: calculate you, yes calculate. you do. You don't calculate. So cal- <laughs> I calculate. I calculate. You're calculating. A calculator. <laughs> I am. I'm a cold Col- calculating Calculating. Coffee. um that that was intended you know i was i was going to make a joke about like c-a-u-l-k and then i said it and realized well there just really isn't any differences is there no um so i i imagined someone someone out there got confused there's some
1: deep-seated homophobia in um, me from years and years and years ago where i'm like well i have to say calk, make that yeah. l very very pronounced uh,
0: <laughs> Middle school sure was a time. Oh yeah what a formative time. Oh uh, boy. All right. Let's get to it, people. Oh man, what a mighty preamble that was. 20 yeah, but we minutes. needed it.
1: We needed that. Oh, Everyone was here it. for that. They're tuning in. And they don't care we, about and the here ending. We are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they don't care about about the ending of this of the series that they've been listening to for years. The straight finale now, of the podcast. Ideally, hopefully. I mean, well, at least bill at least Vil has been, thanks, well not consistently Vil, whenever you hear this thank you, we love you Yeah, um, thank you
1: to all of our listeners
0: Yeah, thank you to all of our listeners, thank you to all three of our patrons uh, also, apologies to all three of our patrons. Yeah,
1: thank you for sticking <laughs> we, with us. Can, we
0: gotta, we gotta do something. Thank you to that um, one person on
1: Twitter who linked us that article forever ago that I'll finally get to oh, read.
0: Oh yes, we'll be able to read that. We'll be able to talk about it in the in the, in the recap. bonus.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, not the what bonus. a great! It's 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 not the be... bonus, but it's the it's the, not the bonus. yeah the it's postmortem, the, it's or the recap, recap or something. Yeah, yeah. We gotta yeah. figure out a fun name for these episodes.
0: Oh, that is a yeah. We will have to figure something out, but. Uh, but here we are. Here we are. Final volume. Matt, let's just let's just start with like overall thoughts. So Final I... volume. A little bit more chapters than normal. Longer Definitely chapters shorter. in some cases,
1: and then some shorter. Longer,
0: yeah, kind of a kind of a mix. Shorter and shorter as we get to the end. Yes. Um, but yeah, what's uh, how do you feel?
1: So I've read this. I think I've read it three times now. Um. The first time that I read it, when I got to the end, I w- was really unsure of how I felt about it. And I I think I messaged you right away and said, I'm going to have to sit here and think about this. There's yeah. parts of it that I really like and parts of it that I, at the time, I wasn't sure how I felt about. And I'm still a little unsure on some of the pieces. I think I've come out definitely, not that I was like really negative on it at the end of the first reading. But there were there's like one or two things conceptually that I'm a little bit negative on, but I'm I'm I have softened on them. Uh then reading it a second time, I think this is such a bad because like the other thing, the first time I read it, I was like, well, it does just kind of devolve into like an action movie a little bit. And then the second time I read it, I was like, and that's good. Fuck yeah. I love this. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um So I it's it's uh you know it's a thinker but also it's a puncher um (laughs) definitely i i am i am i am positive on the end of this i'm positive on this chapter i need to think about like now that i have the whole arc of this thing in mind like how Mm -hmm. do i do i feel that because this is it's a satisfying conclusion to what we read last time and to like the the end game yeah i'm
0: and so now now you see if it's a satisfying conclusion to the to whole the thing. Entire yeah. Yeah, entire yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking thing. Yeah. Man, oh How
1: about you? What are your, what's your what's your your gut on this?
0: I think one thing that keeps coming up in my notes, you know, as I was rereading it today, uh and taking notes, I was really I felt myself really immersed in it, and I think uh visually this is one of the best volumes. Oh yeah. There's some really stunning layouts, some really great uh, uh, framing. You know, like it's Urasawa, so nothing super duper flashy. Uh, There are a couple uh, flashy things here, but nothing crazy. Um, But just the overall vibe to this volume where you've got the rain coming down. Love that. You know, like the vibe is so powerful you really feel like you're there you can hear the rain you know what i mean um it's uh it's really really immersive in a way that it's honestly kind of difficult for comic books to be as a medium you know comic books don't really sell themselves on immersion uh they're small they're in your hands Hmm. uh, they only affect one of your senses you know like real immersion in a comic is uh is not really easy to achieve, you know, and I'm not going to say that that was Urawa's goal, but that's definitely how I felt reading it. I felt really there in a way that I don't think I would say that I did in in the in the rest of the series leading up to this
1: yeah i I totally agree with what you said about hey, this isn't super flashy, but visually this is probably top you know, may if not the highest that it's ever been right up near the top, there are, I mean, one of the first things that we talked about with this manga way, 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 way back was that Urasawa is a, is a face manga guy. There are so many good Tenma reaction shots that I think are very subtle and there's a lot that you can read into them and how they're different. And I think it's so expressive and communicative. Um, And then also, like you said, in addition to the rain feeling immersive and kind of drawing you in and being this totalizing thing, I just also think it's so cool. All these these guys running around in the rain, you know, like long hair, grizzle, tenma, always cool, you know. It's just, it's sick. It's really, really, yeah. really exciting and cool and fun. Um,
0: yeah, you know, and, and there's something about everybody running around in the rain with guns, you know, and it's 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 just like
1: i mean it's like when uh, everyone was wearing trench coats and running around doing bullet time after the matrix right it's like <laughs> <laughs> totally uh,
0: well it's i think it's one of the reasons why it's immersive to me is that like everyone knows what it's like to be caught out in the rain and how kind of like inherently depressing that is it's like a shock to the system you know you're not you're not out in the rain like this unless something is wrong
2: Mm-hmm.
0: right and so the fact that it's all of these people out in the rain, like it's just it creates this this constant sense of of the world on its head of a bad dream of of this situation that is that is just so terrible. you know it's one thing to be like out in the rain for a few minutes on the way to the fucking car. that's annoying enough, but these guys are just out here, they're just standing out here. It feels weird,
1: yeah. Uh, I think there's something else about violence in the rain that 's really striking. I mean one of my totally. one of I think uh both of them actually I think that for my money, like my favorite finales in genre movies um is Blade Runner and Blade Runner two uh not a big fan of Blade Runner One like as a whole that's a whole other thing. Blade Runner Two is my favorite movie. I think the finales of both of those movies, which are you know big fights in the rain uh are just like i think about them all the time like all the time all the time at least once a week i th- I think about those um mm, and i wow. think there's there's something that's so well and we'll get into it as we, as we get into the specifics of some of these but i i don't know what it is yeah. i i've always been when i was in high school we read the, i was in honors english one year i think it was my junior year i don't remember but we read these three books um by this this one author it was called i cannot remember his name but the 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 first book the one that was the most kind of i think important for me was it was a book called how to read literature like a professor which is kind of like a like a pop english studies book a little bit right where it's just kind of he goes through what what that book does is each chapter he talks about a different type of like not even literary device just like imagery that can get deployed in literature and like here's ways like symbols and images and like mm-hmm. what does it mean when you're quoting Shakespeare what does it mean when you're quoting the Bible what does it mean like this that the other like how are these how do these things get deployed and used and the chapters that I think about a lot are you know the one on rain um and there's another one it's uh well, I think about the the one about eating meals a lot, like sharing, uh, sharing food. Uh, I I don't. I only read that book once when I was, you know, sixteen. I can't imagine that. I mean, like, I think if we read it now, there'd probably be stuff that would make you groan, right? And it's just because I remember it being kind of corny. And there's at the used bookstore down the street from me, they have a million copies of it. Like, I think it's a pretty popular, <laughs> like, here's a honors English class thing to read. But it did. Totally it really helped me develop a and i mean it helped me move from kind of a cinema sins way of thinking about media into breaking down what what all does this mean i mean i think prior to this book i would have been one of those people who buys into that meme that's like the curtains are blue the curtains yeah Yeah, which now drives me up a wall like that make, that just makes me so frustrated like how incurious that statement is right like and the underlying stuff under that but I uh yeah there's something I think everyone just has like you know the same way that you have favorite colors or favorite types of music or, or, or you know favorite movies I think one of my favorite like pieces of imagery is stuff happening in the rain it's a good one mm-hmm. so okay we should, yeah, let's we should do get let's do it, into it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Chapter... we're, we're recording this uh yeah. like Nine hours before the episode uploads.
0: Oh, oh yeah. It's, uh, I'm going uh, to be staying up late on this yeah. one. And, uh, but also, it's it's the last reading, and I am not rushing this episode. Okay.
1: Nope. We're you taking know. our time.
0: We are taking our time. Five-star podcast. Five-star runtime. Five-star runtime. runtime.
1: Um, 152. A fictional character. Tenma arrives in the forest bordering Ruenheim and stumbles across a dying man a teacher from the next town over, who tells him that outsiders came into town with guns and now everyone is killing each other. Someone has to save the children. Back in town, Lunga reflects on the idea of Johan as a fictional character and how a real person be- can become fiction if they erase their past and everyone else that knew it, which is what Johan is doing now. Grimmer sadly reflects that he's also a fictional character and lays the blame for this on Popa, Papa slash Bonaparte who mournfully admits that he's been waiting for this reckoning for years he's unafraid to die to atone for his sins grimmer angrily grabs him and asks him if he knows the magnitude of what he did destroying a human being's sense of morality awakening the monster within the human heart he reflects on all that has been taken from him enjoying a picnic relishing a beer with a friend crying at the death of his child and decides that he's not going to kill papa but is instead going to protect him from the massacre so his crimes against humanity can be exposed to the world. Lunga questions the elderly couple about Johan's whereabouts, and another gunshot is heard. Elsewhere, Tenma runs through the streets of Ruenheim and finds a terrified family who he decides to help escape. The elderly couple reveals to Lunga that the massacre is being directed from the other hotel, the Hotel Bergbach, and at the same time, the fisherman and his wife show up with the guns they bought in their paranoia. Lunga takes their rifle and directs the rest of the group to stay behind and protect the hotel, promising to buy Grimmer a beer after the whole thing wraps up. The chapter ends as Tenma leads the family out of town through the rain, shouting, You're going to make it. So
0: fucking cool.
1: It's good. It's like hopeful. It's like, and I think that sets the tone, right? Yeah,
0: you're going to make it
1: i i think maybe that's where in my initial reading where some of the like mismatch was because i i bought into the grit which i think is the thing that we've talked about so much is like you, this thing you are tricked into thinking this is going to be a grim and gritty murder story where we're going to destroy we're going to go murder this horrible boy but i think a few <laughs> episodes ago we realized that it's not oh, maybe that. We're,
0: maybe We shouldn't be killing the horrible boy.
1: Yeah, it's much more hopeful than that. And I think this, like, re-establishes that as we move into the finale. You're going to make it. You're Um, going to make it.
0: Yeah, man. That's true. Um, I really... (laughs) It is really funny when when Grimmer's like, so, you admit you're wrong now. Ten was innocent, right? And Luca's like, no
1: no i don't it's very confusing to me but at the same time i respect the
0: stubbornness (laughs) it's really i mean it is confusing it's definitely confusing uh i i think maybe he's saying no he says i still suspect i guess it would it just it doesn't jive with something that comes up later um like it, it like when Lunga and Tenma actually. I mean that's a good confrontation
1: is the thing. But like it And is. it's it's like cool lines, but like they really don't make sense. And this is kind of like a No This is a weird I mean because like he has figured out Johan's deal and like Johan exists and he knows it. It's just it feels weird that he refuses to budge on it. Like, no fictional character. I'm on vacation. Fiction. Not yeah, real lies. I, I
0: really I wonder if there's like
1: it just feels clunky in a way.
0: Like is there a is there a translation difference here maybe? Like I'm just wondering if there's something that was lost because it definitely is not super consistent with Luka before this or after this. Yeah. Uh particularly.
1: Well, I, the, or maybe
0: it's just his pride. Maybe he just isn't admitting it.
1: Yeah, I, I think see I that. think that's fair. The I, the thing that I do like is this idea that you become a fictional character by erasing all of your erasing your past and everyone who knew it which as we know that's the thing that that johan does right and Mm -hmm. it's it's this question of you cease to exist and i think maybe this is like the best articulation of what that actually means and i wrote down it's like how does a person become a fictional character if their history is destroyed, their past is erased? They're just as good as fiction. They may as well be, right? It's like oh, if a tree falls yeah, in the exactly. forest and no one's there, doesn't yeah. make a sound. If you,
0: you know, if if there's nobody that knows you that remembers you, if you don't exist in anyone else's life, yeah, then your own life has no meaning and you know barely exists. Yeah, yeah. We only we only exist in context with other people.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah,
0: which is which is very cool. And I think, like now that we phrased it that way, is very core to what Monster is
1: talking about. Mm hmm. Um so I I that is the part of it that I like. The other thing I wrote down, I mean and I think does Lunga or does Grimmer call it out is like it's a concept that's very similar to the things from your stories. I think Lunga says that to Lunga. Bonaparte. Yeah. It's like the
0: end of your picture
1: book. Um, and the other thing that's interesting is like this idea of, yeah, you're like we know that this was the Bonaparte method, right? Was like severing your connections, erasing your past. So he's basically turning real people into fictional characters, and like that <laughs> works with. I mean, like Grimmer is the Hulk, who is a fictional character, yeah. Right, Grimmer
0: is a literal in-universe fictional character yeah. in the Magnificent Steiner. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Yeah so it, it's it's i think it's clean and neat in some ways but then the way that lunga talks about it i think is kind of clunky uh um, definitely
0: yeah um grimmer grimmer's uh reason you suck speech oh yeah damn i i hate that i just spoke tv trope um
1: oh is that a tv trope no what, yeah you can't become those I, guys no
0: i'm sorry i'm i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it, it was reflex, um, uh, but Grimmer's uh Grimmer's dressing down of uh of Papa is so
1: good. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean the fact that it's like this guy thinks that he's ready to do the noble thing and die, and Grimmer's like no, like, he doesn't call him a coward, but basically he's like, no, that's not the noble thing to do. You going out there and dying is the cowardly thing to do. You need to, the world needs to know what you did. It does feel very extremely 90s, right? Like, this idea that, like, what we need to do to Nazis is try them in the Hague, right? Totally, totally. You you know? Um, But I think that's, I think it's interesting. I mean, I love it. It's good. But, like, it, it, it does feel, it's like, no, I'm not going to let you die. You're going to answer in a court of law for what <laughs> you did. <laughs> Destroying people's <That's>,
0: humanity. <laughs> that, wow. You know, you put, it, you put it that way. When you say court of law in that tone, like now I feel it. Yeah. Now I feel it. That is, it's very, it's very like 90s Spider-Man, I think, yes. in particular. Um, uh, just because the 90s Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man, like people say Batman's edgy, but the man does not kill. Spider Man is edgier than Batman sometimes. He can, and be. I definitely think in the '90s because Batman was surprisingly not that edgy in the '90s. It just did he get like was... unedgy
1: after The Dark Knight Returns or something?
0: No, no, it's not that he was. I mean, it was dark. It wasn't edgy, you know. Okay. Also, a lot of time in the '90s you had um, Doug Munch, Kelly, uh, Munch. Yeah, you did have you did have Munchy, uh, who was not a particularly dark writer, but you also had Kelly Jones as the artist. And that is kind of more like a neo grotesque deal than an edgy deal. If you want to hear, let me let me grab yeah, a let's, Kelly let's... Jones. Yeah, you think what I'm not. I'm really. I'm not okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this really first one that comes
1: up want. for me feels. I mean, it's the it's the long ears. I, that is exactly. That era, that it's man. it yeah. is the
0: super duper long ears, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. in like in the middle of the of the mags, like the shapes are just. It's super non-realistic and it was just really interesting for that to be like the norm on Batman for several years uh to have to have this style. Anyway, but uh it wasn't edgy. Yeah, it was a lot it was a lot of stuff but it wasn't
1: it wasn't Okay. Edgy. Yeah, so it it does like I said, it feels 90s but I don't think in a bad way. Like I think this is this no. is appropriate to it's it's this is this is what would happen in a nineties action movie. It's the same thing. We're not gonna shoot the Nazi. We're gonna take him to, you know, answer for his crimes. He gets killed anyways. That's what will happen in the movie. And that's what happens he here. Yeah. So, oh, that's true. But it's that's the right, idea right. that we need to, you know, we're better than this. Violence doesn't solve everything. You yeah. Know? Um, which I it just feels quaint now a little bit, but not in a bad way.
0: It does feel quaint, but it also feels like I would say there's that reading and i i think the other reading of this is kind of like uh a more abstracted like psychological reading which Mm -hmm. is you know like what do you do what do you do with guilt um
1: you -hmm. know like
0: what Mm -hmm. is the actual proper response to having having wronged someone or or done something immoral you know is the question to get is the answer to get super down yourself and to be like i look bad person everything sucks um, fuck you know I'm uh, ready to die in the, the
1: street yeah
0: exactly you know or or is the answer to like move forward and and atone in, in some way you know like this guy says that he doesn't know how to exactly. atone you know and
1: and Lunga t- or Grimmer tells him this is how you yeah, atone
0: yeah Grimmer's like hey you atone by I don't know facing consequences yeah Uh you know and, and, and that's kind of that is the telling thing right because Papa is like I'm ready. I'm willing to face any consequences. Except he's not. He's only willing to face death because he could have turned himself in at literally any time. That's you a know. good
1: point. That's that's a you very know. good point. Yeah. Like
0: that's the thing. People are like, oh yeah, I'll I'll face whatever consequences. Um,
1: You've still been hiding for forty years.
0: Uh, exactly. Or I guess not you that know. long
1: because it's the, the twi- yeah. like twenty years.
0: Yeah, but but still, and I mean, who among us can't identify with this thing of being like, I will face up to any consequences except the ones that I really don't
1: want. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. You know, I'm yeah. so
0: like, man. That's that's it's super. I'll do whatever super I need normal. to do.
1: I just really hope I don't have to do uh,
0: that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so it, it feels a bit like that.
1: I like that. Um.
0: Uh, I feel like I had. Have...
1: I had a note about – and this is the joke that we made when we said they're blackpilling the kids. Um, You know, Grimmer's thing is he says that this – the Bonaparte method was like a plot to destroy the Western world, destroying Mm -hmm. a human being's Mm -hmm. sense of right and wrong, which to me, it is impossible for me to hear those two phrases back to back and not think about the idea that postmodernism has, you know, destroyed (laughs) the Western world, right? Like this (laughs) – no absolutes sure. anymore, you know.
0: Yeah, mm.
1: uh, which I I don't think that I mean like I don't think. That's...
0: Yeah, but no, it's it's a fun. It is a fun reading. Uh, this idea because I definitely don't think that this is an anti-art story. No,
1: absolutely not.
0: But it is. It is something interesting that like the vehicle of of trauma and and monsterization is like an east german artist seeking to upend the social order yeah you know
1: uh there's <laughs> there's something awesome about that like and it, like when we i mean that's why we had so much fun with that idea when yeah. when it came Yeah, because like it's, it's still it's a, fun it's a fun idea to deploy yeah
0: yeah you know like oh who's who has the who has the most power who is at the heart of all of this evil it's one it's one guy that makes kind of fucked up kids books.
1: It's Dr. Seuss, but twisted.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Dr. Seuss, but with sort of a twisted edge. Um, you know, they're kind of they're kind of dark. They're not like it's just a
1: little fucked books. up, you know? Yeah, uh, just a little <laughs> malicious.
0: It was, it was, it was, who did we make that? We made a joke about the Welcome to My Fucked Up Mind.
1: I don't Tumblr remember. Before yeah, was, yeah. It, was, it it was, or was it was it Was it Bonaparta? um I think it was johan and I'm pretty sure that was last episode because it made me laugh when yeah. I heard it again. Um, no, <laughs> it makes me just, laugh every time. Just,
0: it just goes to show, like they, like you see, you see one, and then and then uh, the next person they want to make their own. Uh, everybody wants to make. What we're learning here is that everybody wants to make a welcome to my fucked up mind tumbler, mm-hmm. because everybody thinks their mind is is super fucked
1: up. And at least for some period of time. it's. At I mean, it's part of the human of time, experience yeah. just being like, look, this is the reason why there's that video making the rounds again of Patrice O'Neill explaining why white people love the song Creep by Radiohead. Um, <laughs> it's because deep down, it's, yes, I am. I am a weirdo. I am a Creep. <laughs> <laughs> and then that guitar goes, ja, ja, and it's just, you know, <laughs> you love it.
0: Who among us hasn't... uh in the mirror, it's the... Ch-
1: gun, cha um, Yeah, uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so good. Uh, I like it when Lunga points the gun at the evil man.
1: Oh, I love it when he pulls a gun on the elderly. <laughs> it is so funny. <laughs> it's,
0: it's just like he's just... He has just got it. It is leveled.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's good. Um, it's interesting that... like Getting back to the Tenma side of it now. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that a few people have said the towns are all killing each other, but like, we have not seen any of that violence. We're like, we're not being and shown. We this. barely do. We never yeah. do. Yeah. I think it's yeah. interesting. Um, not that it I'm like, show it, show it. Yeah. Like, I don't think you need to show it. I don't know if it's better or worse that they don't.
0: Uh, it really, I mean, on the one hand, okay, I, I guess, I guess there's, there's two things on the one hand. It doesn't feel like it's missing until you notice it's not there,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which is an argument for it not to be here. But then when you do notice it's not here, then you are kind of like, why aren't we seeing it? And then it feels like it's missing. So, like, it's it's one of those things where it's not a problem for 98% of the time and for, like, 95% of readers. But it is odd once you once you see it.
1: And I hate to be CinemaSins, you know, I hate to do it, but it does feel, it's. it just becomes kind of convenient, right? It's like anyone can die at any point in time, and we never, you know, there's no, logistically, we don't have to make this make sense. You can just be blasted from any angle yeah. at any time. There uh, is a
0: lot of unexpected blasting in this
1: reading. <laughs> oh, I kept a count of how many times there's a gunshot and we cut away
0: oh me too yeah yeah uh well i didn't keep count but i i noted it and man there because there you are said a lot... it last
1: time and i and every chapter yeah. this time i was like damn it there it is yeah, again
0: <laughs> <laughs> really it's so funny uh i really i like it when but yeah there's this family just hanging out uh and i do think it's i do think it's a, a cool moment you know where where you know ten was like hey you're gonna, you're gonna have to, like, go through the forest and they all start crying. And he's like, don't cry. We gotta go. <laughs> you know, um, it's just... There is it, no it time is for tears. Yeah, well, it feels a little bit funny to hear Tedma say don't cry. Because mm-hmm. it's not really, you know, it's not as uh, as compassionate as Tadma normally is. But this is serious business, folks. There's a massacre happening, lest we forget. So, it's not crying time, it's get out alive time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and other other final if, thoughts.
0: If only we hadn't won the lottery.
1: <laughs> it's very it's, funny. It, it that's, uh, that's like a laugh line. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Especially with the little reaction panel afterward. Mm-hmm.
1: It's so you know? convenient that they show up when they do. Like, I'm glad that these folks are still around. They're fun. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: and then at the and then at the end, uh, we have like a we have like a a death flag off oh between between luga and grimmer like this happens that you see this and you're like okay so that's one of them dead yeah you know like it's gotta be one but it's and that's honestly what's really fun is that Uh we get it for both of them yeah you know like it's it's honestly a shockingly good solution to the death flag problem yes because people because the problem with death flags right as as a trope as a thematic concept is that people get upset If deaths happen without signposting. But obviously, people get upset when it's signposted. You know, so like, if you're a writer, you don't have a good option. And Urasawa, the absolute madman, figured it out. You just do two at the same time. It is pretty
1: smart, yeah.
0: Like, it's really good. Uh, And you can make the argument that maybe this one tends a little bit more toward Lunga than Grimmer. Uh and it does tend to just a little in implication, but not enough. Um, I think it's pretty solidly for both of them. Like you just you know that they're not having that beer. Um
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's never happening. I I, I did write bros. That was the thing that I wrote in bros. response to that like, Bros. I, I do know that they've become bros, yeah. Um Me too. Lunga also gives like one of the hardest lines of all time as he's going out. Someone asked him how how will you know Johan's agents from the villagers? To which he replies, I'm a detective. I'll know. Good.
0: He's going to gather the data. The hard drive in his head is going to see him through. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let's move on. Chapter 153. Vacations End. Well, this one's hard to summarize. I'm yeah, there's through a lot it. that I'm happens like, here. I'm like, oh, man. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best here. Um So after Lunga has left to go to the hotel Bergbach, Grimmer tries to keep everyone safe. Vim asks, What if something happens to you? And Grimmer says, I have a tough friend who'll to be here soon. He doesn't tolerate wrongdoing, he's the magnificent Steiner it is still raining outside. Lungo walks through the streets of Ruhenheim with corpses littered around, uh, just carrying a gun, carrying a big old rifle, and he runs into a, uh, villager, uh, and gets the villager to drop his gun, and then he, uh, and then he turns around and he shoots, uh, one of Johan's people, uh, And this guy also tells him that the leader is at the Hotel Bergbach. Uh, And he tells the terrified villager, uh, Go to the Hotel Verstek. They need guns. But you're done shooting. You're not the kind of person who uses a gun. Meanwhile, Tenma is helping get uh, folks out of town. And he asks the school teacher. Uh, I think that's the school teacher. Right? it's a person. It could just be a person. I guess the school teacher's dead.
1: Yeah, that dude's uh, dead. It's just
0: like, yeah, this is just a random person, anyway. Uh, but Timba asks this random person if they know Klaus Papa, and the person's like, "Yeah, you know, he runs the Hotel Versteck. Uh Meanwhile, at the Hotel Versteck, uh the fisherman is like, "Boy, it's quiet. Maybe it's all over." Grimmer says, "No." <laughs> We're probably completely surrounded. Meanwhile, uh, <laughs> there's so much cutting around. Uh, Lunga finds uh, sausage girl, and sausage
1: girl. You're gonna do her like that? I did refer to her as a hot dog
0: waitress. <laughs> I. But, well, what else do you? When, no, sausage do girl's fine. She's, she's sausage girl. We love her. We love. We sausage, love sausage girl. girl. Um, she's been through so much. Uh. She's just uh, crying in the street. And she tells Lunka about Roberto. As Lunka helps her up, he sees Tenma. And they have a stare-off. And Lunka says, My journey through fiction has become reality. My vacation is over. Time to resume my profession as a law enforcement officer. And he gives Tenma a sausage girl. And he's he says the person you seek is at Versteck and uh, and he's going he's going to the hotel Bergbach. And he tells Tenma that he's sorry and walks off into the rain. Meanwhile <laughs> Rudy and Nina are driving to Ruhenheim. And she. There is a memory of hers that is trying to come back, and she does not want to remember it. And she thinks that if Johan remembers it, you know, something terrible will happen. Lunga stands outside the Hotel Bergbach and cocks his gun. Jesus.
1: Yeah, that's some final boss shit. Cock the gun before going yeah. into the hotel, start the synth wave like oh yeah yeah yeah, dude. yeah yeah this is yeah. so sick um it's like well this was the first time where i was like maybe i well i have there's been moments where i'm like yeah this definitely works as like a live action movie or a tv show or whatever but this was the mm-hmm. first i wrote the sentence this is some john wick shit and i was like wait till you just have keanu reeves play like in a universe where John Wick is never a movie that gets made, like uh, uh. is the career comeback for Keanu Reeves, his dramatic uh, role as in Inspector Lunga <laughs> No, I don't know. But
0: it could. But it could Keanu be. does that
1: like flat kind of you know, mm-hmm. stumbly voice readings. I,
0: maybe you're right. Oh God! Wait, now I'm imagining it.
1: It would wait, work.
0: Now I'm imagining it. I'm Ooh. telling
1: you. Ooh, ooh. Um, so we're, we're gonna have to. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, right, yeah. We're gonna. I gotta get like. I gotta figure out a Keanu Reeves impression so I can do this during the bonus episode and really sell you on it. Uh.
0: Oh, perfect. <laughs> I'm I'm sold already. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, this chapter. There's a lot happening. It's easier to follow when you're reading it. I. Yeah. I mean, Christ. I just tried to summarize. This chapter is also fucking tiny this chapter is tiny and it took me that that much much. work to summarize
1: yeah um the all this whole reading just like all of my because i i didn't finish my summaries i wrote about uh, four or five and i used the phrase we cut back to a lot like we are jumping around at rapid pace yeah which is
0: like like you said earlier like that's kind of what contributes to the action movie feel Mm -hmm. of some of this but it's also really interesting because despite the Uh, really fast pacing like the rain is such a dampener on like it's like it's so much energy but it's compressed Mm. you know um and it doesn't it doesn't feel super overwhelming you just you have to turn the page
1: yeah it's it's exciting it's good um i one of the things that i thought was like a good sinister detail is when lunga picks up sausage girl um, and she says that Roberto kept going out and coming back and changing his shirt and taking a shower, like, yeah, very sinister little detail that he's like, I must be clean, you know. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely. like it's a cool character note. I think. Uh, yeah. I I like it, and I also like the phrase that everyone keeps using, that you know, there's someone that's directing this massacre, right? Like he's the you know conductor or a puppet master or whatever and it's it's all being directed from this hotel room that we've got to get to it's uh yeah totally it's fun
0: um uh one thing that interested me or just like amused me is that uh papa wasn't even using a fake name oh he was, everyone just knew that he was klaus papa <laughs> in in Rubenheim. like he didn't have some like some like fun little i didn't even pseudonym. notice that
1: yeah 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 mr pseudonym didn't use one here that's interesting yeah yeah,
0: yeah. you know it's just that nobody nobody knew who he was which mm-hmm. you know if it works it works uh but you would just you would just like normally in a story like this they would have a pseudonym uh but you nope so i just thought that was a funny detail
1: yeah that is fun um i have a note about grimmer and the magnificent steiner uh uh-huh. I think it's interesting that the way Grimmer explains it to Wim is the magnificent Steiner doesn't tolerate wrongdoing. Um especially in light of the speech that Grimmer gave in the last chapter where he said that the you know this program stripped him of his sense of right and wrong, right? And mm. it, it, but magnificent Steiner seems to operate very much on a sense of right and wrong or at the very yeah, least but- self-preservation. But...
0: It's a sense of right and wrong, but it's a child's sense of right and wrong. Yeah. Okay. You know. Um it's uh it's a sense of right and wrong based on, on things like fairness, you know, and mm. on pathos, emotions. Uh you know, it's it's the sense of morality that you see on a children's superhero show. Yeah.
1: You it's, know, and, and of it's course good. it's
0: not yeah, it's not really something that uh, he has access to unless he's in Schneider mode. Uh, or Steiner, uh, but yeah, there's that, the panel when uh, Lunka and Tenma are like looking at each other across. We can the road. talk about this
1: for a while. Let's let's ooh, let's get into this.
0: Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah, what you got?
1: Well, I really like I said, uh, this was when the face manga thing came up for me, right? Because there the series of expressions that Tenma makes. Let me I'm flipping to it. I'm trying to find the page. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're right. I think Whoa. it
1: starts on 259, right? The page before 260. Mm-hmm. So we have the shot of Tenma from a distance, right? Then we we were widescreen panel with Tenma in the center and it is mm-hmm like, surprise, like, disbelief that, that that Lunga is here now. This is where it's happening. Uh-huh. And then it kind of starts to change to resolve a little bit. Like, okay, this is what's happening. And then it hardens into, like, all right, now he's in defense mode a little bit. And then Lunga says the thing, and then we just get a shot of his eyes, like, shocked, maybe a little bit sad, and then astonished as lunga goes off to this thing and then kind of like a small frown right and then watching him walk off in the rain kind of set um like somewhere between fear and hope a little bit i don't know i think i'm i this is like one of those things where it's like i can stand in front of a painting and stare at it for an hour and just think yeah. about what I, you know, how it makes me feel. You're
0: so right. I mean, and the amazing thing about this is that Tenma says nothing. nothing. He says, nothing. he says, Franz Bonaparte in the middle of this. But other than that, everything we get uh, about uh, how he's feeling or where he's at is purely through facial expression, through reaction to Lunga. And it is, it's so fucking good. And we get the, the rain running down this? his face
1: the whole yeah. time. Like... It's good.
0: You know what's also you know what's also really cool about this sequence actually, and uh, about this style of of storytelling that I just realized is that like we we often we use the word cinematic, right? Mm. We're like oh it's used of the camera. But if you think about this this sequence in particular and other ones like it, if you did this in like a movie or a TV show with actual cameras and actual people, just cutting back to his face every time to see if he's making a different one, you couldn't get away with that. It would work. It would not work. It I think would you're right.
1: Would, people would clown on it.
0: Exactly. You know, yeah. because the the timing would feel off. But in in a manga, in a comic, because it's so
1: quick that you can get these shots yeah. through. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. The reader controls the pacing, right? Mm. Like, time is determined solely by how quickly you personally move your eyes from one panel to the next. Ooh. And you know and of course it's it's also influenced by the size and shape and positioning of the panels those also determine like speed you'll you'll actually note like on page 261 and on 262 there's a couple of very thin panels uh um or short panels i should say Mm -hmm. that are just like the top of like 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 tenma's face from like the nose up um you know, and this is clearly a panel that you're meant to go over quickly just to get a sense of Tedma's reaction before you move on to the next thing Lunga's saying. You cannot use this technique in any other medium. Not any other medium. If you were doing this in, in a book, like in a novel, and you were like, here's the line of Lunga's thing. Here's the facial expression Tedma's making. Here's another thing Lunga said. It's here's tedious. the next facial expression. Yeah. It's tedious. You can't do it. In film, it takes actual time. It's tedious. You can't do it. This is a unique technique that works uniquely for this medium. And, uh, and was uh one of, one of the absolute best at using it.
1: Yeah. I think honestly, the fact that like this, I, I, like, obviously I love a lot of the imagery at the end of this, but this scene here is like maybe visually the climax of this story for me, or like the highlight. I don't know. I just, I really, really, really enjoyed this scene. It is um,
0: well. It is the climax of one of the subplots. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So let's 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 return real quick, listeners, to the definition of a climax as taught by my old script analysis professor Scott Walters, um, which is that the climax is the moment in a story or scene where the core question of that story or scene is answered, and so this scene when lunga walks away when he says i'm sorry that is the climax of the subplot which is a pretty major fucking subplot of you know like will lunga catch tenma or let him go or something like how will this resolve now we know how this will resolve lunga has said he's sorry right and so this scene is super important because it's actually ending part of the story uh and that is also why it works so goddamn well
1: yeah i uh you know and we talked about how we think the fiction thing that lunga was doing was maybe a little clunky but i mean i mm-hmm. i need to continue thinking about the thing well he says my vacation through the pathways of fiction is over a real person has appeared you um and it's this kind of idea that like maybe this is the first time he's seeing tenma as a real person and not like the fiction that he was chasing right of like tenma is this murder i don't know it is honestly unclear i think you can you can do you can bend over backwards and do a whole bunch of contortion to figure out a way that this makes sense and is like a cool line but or you can just be like yeah i'm vibing we're just totally totally yeah it
0: feels like a, a vibe moment um yeah uh and then we've got the bit in the car okay with this deepest memory if johan remembers this and then and then she makes a terrible face um man that is it's a face like there's so much like fear and despair uh in that face it's really it's really good uh Arisawa puts a lot of love on on nina god i love nina just in so general much. Yeah, yeah she's
1: the best um can't wait to read like Yara and happy because g- good oh, news. Yeah. I found out that Yara is being like actively translated. They're like halfway through it. Like oh, f- oh, fuck, fan yeah. groups, yeah. Like scanlations. Yeah. Um, I'm probably gonna catch up
0: to them at some point.
1: We will definitely before they. Well, hopefully, the
0: hopefully, they'll be done. Hopefully, hopefully, they'll be done. It's coming out in a pretty good get cool. around to Yeah. And I mean, we okay, can always great, do great,
1: like, great. you know, yeah. get half of it in and. <laughs>
0: No, and well, I then don't take. A, do well, that. I mean, we can
1: always do hiatus if we need to before they yeah. finish. Oh, no, I
0: don't want to do that. That's not fun either. Um,
1: uh, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. But I I like the way that Urasawa writes female characters at this point Absolutely. still, which was the thing that yeah. we said at the beginning. And you're like, you're not going to be disappointed. I don't think I I don't think I have been. I think it's where I'm at. It's honestly, if there is anyone in this story who makes clear Naoki Urasawa's stance on writing women, it's like I just want them to have happy endings, man. It's the puppet guy it's that's that's mm-hmm. what he's that you know <laughs> i just want their story to have a happy ending
0: yeah um, yeah there's definitely there's definitely something to that
1: so yeah, yeah. do you have any other notes on 153
0: uh just just chick chick, chick,
1: chick. good it's fucking he's
0: got his ka-chack. fucking gun he's fucking strapped let's get to it
1: uh good big fan uh, 154. Grimmer's Scream. Lunga moves through the hotel back like a machine, breaching and clearing with tactical precision, gunning down at least one henchman on his way to Roberto. Lunga locks into place outside of Roberto's room, and we hear the sound of the shower running. Temma tries to help the hot dog waitress escape, but she's too terrified to move, so he tells her to stay put. He stumbles upon a man and a baby, sobbing over the man's dead wife. The man begs for Tenma's gun so he can kill the person that did this and get his revenge, but Tenma tells him that's not what his wife would want. He needs to get out of town and keep the baby safe. We cut back to the hotel, Versteck, where the fisherman and Grimmer talk as they hold their cover, and the fisherman realizes that the whole thing wasn't their fault. It had nothing to do with their lottery winnings. He decides he just wants things to go back to normal and turns to tell his wife this, and then... Is shot. All of a sudden, the windows explode as the hotel is blasted with automatic weapons. Grimmer stumbles upstairs and finds the man's wife, also shot, and leads the group, and Wim and Papa, down into the cellar. Wim is convinced his dad is behind this, that he's lost his mind from the booze, but Grimmer comforts him. Papa begs Grimmer to let him go outside and face his death and end this, but Grimmer refuses and says he'll handle this, explaining one final time the story of the magnificent Steiner. Papa comments that when they induced extreme anger, sadness, and stress in some children, they would manifest an extremely violent alternate personality, but most of those kids committed suicide afterwards. Papa has shocked that Grimmer has survived this long. Grimmer steps into the street, unarmed, and begs the attackers to stop, asking them to listen to their hearts. Everything is silent, and then the hot dog waitress rounds the corner, relieved to see Grimmer, explaining that she was so scared, but now he's here. She rushes towards him, and Grimmer tries to stop her, but it's too late. She's shot and killed in the street. And as Grimmer holds her dead body, he hyperventilates and then screams. Man. Oh. <laughs> Let's just God. make this man suffer. <laughs> Let's just
0: Man, no, <sighs> I mean I mean for real. Grimmer Grimmer really gets gets some of the worst of it in this manga.
1: Yeah. He really does. Um he he really truly does. Uh what what do you have notes wise here?
0: Uh the sequence at the beginning with the guy with his dead wife is really hard to read.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tough. Um
0: it's it is gut-wrenching also i don't know if you looked, but the, the baby the baby
1: smiling funny. the panel of the baby yes the
0: ba- there's there's a, there's several panels that have little treppy cheek just and like, and all of them, like
1: it's very you funny know? it's very cute it's yeah. so sad like the little baby just going like Wah! like he said <laughs> it's very yeah. good baby doesn't know what's going on there's Baby's bird, having there's a great a lot time of it's raining yeah it's, <laughs>
0: wow you
1: know
0: <laughs> yeah so i that was my first notice i love this baby
1: i do too um, i love this baby <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, be I,
1: have we seen urusawa draw bait well i guess he drew the infant twins but they were sinister this is just like <laughs> purely a, a good fun baby yeah
0: yeah <laughs> i feel like we haven't seen it definitely not one like this um <laughs> so that's funny uh but yeah just this whole like it's all well and good like like the like the first bit where he's like give me your gun i'm gonna kill the guy who shot my wife you know but Oh, what really gets me is, like, after after Tenma is, like, your wife would want your baby to be safe, and the guy just looks at his dead wife and then just screams. And just, like, ugh, it just feels way too real.
1: Yeah, it's, it's mean a little bit. But, I mean, I think it... It's, yeah, it's... Definitely feel, I mean, not, like, out of place, but, it, you know, I think you, I maybe just kind of glossed over it the first time I read it. But you're right. This is, like, one of the most horrifying moments of this story, probably, you know? Yeah.
0: You know, you see a lot of stuff that's, like, aftermath of this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um, you see people reckoning with death and loss and, and betrayal and, you know, the horrors of Monster. Um, you know, but this is a, this was his wife. And she died like five minutes ago oh. or some shit, you know, like, like, man, that it is immediate. It is right in front of you. He's in it. He's in it. And so will we. Yeah. So. Uh, um,
1: very, very beginning of the chapter, the Lunga yeah. Michael Mann section. Fantastic. Good. Love it. Uh, blasting that dude and then putting the gun mm-hmm. in the mouth say let's try that again where's roberto and the dude just points <laughs> you know
0: yeah no luka's luka's like on a on a spree of badassery mm-hmm. uh in this in this thing uh he very very good with the gun our lunga yeah uh, it's absolutely stone cold honestly oh yeah yeah it's kind of kind of awesome and then it's also kind of scary um yeah uh, there's a couple of uh facial expressions that grimmer makes on 275 okay uh when the yep. fisherman is talking about the lottery ticket the little smirk and uh yeah the little smirk and, and you know this is a subjective thing to say but those feel like real facial expressions to me
1: yeah i think you're right that i can imagine a reference yeah. image was used for those they're they're pretty good and it it is that one feels something about that top left one is pretty uh yeah.
0: it's just feels this you know this rueful yeah. mm-hmm. just this rueful like huh. you know like man you know this gallows gallows humor
1: um It's kind of refreshing to hear this guy, you know, the fisherman is talking about how he thinks this is all his fault. And he says, the last few days have been a nightmare. What was wrong with me? Buying a bunch of guns all because of this money? I just want things to go back to normal. Like, again, Mm. you know, I pointed out things that feel quaint. This feels pretty quaint. And in a way that, like, this is good. I feel like this is, I wish things, I wish the real world was more like this, right? Where it's like you just feel like you could grab someone and, like, shake them by the shoulders a little bit. And then they just kind of realize, like, Oh yeah, like
0: like what was I doing?
1: Yeah. Like a nightmare that you were living through, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, if only it was that easy. Yeah, if only um, it was and it reminds me, you know, so in the a bit later, you know, like like after the the gunfire starts, um, you know, grimmer's like, damn, I knew we didn't stand a chance if they came at us with automatic weapons. You know, and it just really reminds me like how much focus monster puts on firearms Mm -hmm. and the power they hold you know like a lot of series like guns are just things that are around you just have them everybody just has them you know like oh you're a you're a protagonist you need an m16 you know you you've got one Mm -hmm. a lot of times they don't even like describe how you get the m16 they just have one it's their protagonist gun you know it comes standard issue uh but but in monster it's like like every gun they have is extremely precious and and every gun that exists is incredibly dangerous you know it really is a manga that recognizes that guns are a thing to take life with and that sucks actually
1: yeah i mean and at the same time it's i 100 percent agree with you and then on the next page, we get the most 90s action movie, the oh, most yeah. glass shattering that you've ever seen in a comic book, as this house is just blasted to smithereens. You know, it's it's comical yeah, it's how, really... much, how many windows are shattering.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of shards. It's, it's kind of impressive. It must have been a bitch to draw.
1: Oh, yeah, that um, looks terrible to me to draw. Not like it looks yeah. bad. It seems terrible to have to have drawn that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love the bit. It is really cool when Papa talks about uh, alternate personalities manifesting.
1: Right, because this was a thing when it first got flagged, we thought it was kind of goofy, but I think at this point it's justified itself.
0: I, oh, yeah. Uh, on this
1: reading, do you feel... I feel like I don't feel bad about this at all this doesn't feel like a tacky i mean you know no. in a little bit in some sense just the idea of an alternate personality kit i but i don't think it's tacky i think it's pulled well, off well the thing well the thing is it's pulled off because this
0: is actually how actual alternate personalities do manifest extreme in real stress because and, the, because yeah. they do you know um like if you have enough trauma of the right kind and you're predisposed in one way or another as a child you can you can, like, split yourself up as a coping mechanism. Um, like, and it is specifically a childhood thing. Like, like, uh, what makes split personalities tacky to me is that generally, like, when a story tries to justify it, it does a bad job. It doesn't actually think about, you know, what really makes a person develop one. It is sensationalizing the hell out of it. You know, uh in fact I read a, a Batman comic from oh three a few weeks ago that had a, it was a little subplot. I think it was uh Mensch, actually. It was it was a it was a mensch. Uh and uh that shit sucked. That shit really sucked. It was actually a really perfect example of how to not do this exact thing. Okay. Um Man, that I really, I really that was one of my least favorite Batman arcs ever, I think. Uh is it in Detective or Batman?
1: I feel like the worst ones are in Detective is the thing. Like the worst offenders usually show up in Detective because it's it's like that's the one that DC doesn't think the people is reading.
0: (laughs) You are not wrong. Um, But anyway, anyway, so I think this works very well. And And I like how he says that nearly all of those children that manifested alternate personalities committed suicide. It's amazing that you've survived this long.
2: Mm hmm
1: you
0: know and I, it's just interesting to think about what that what that means for grimmer i guess to me
1: yeah yeah i mean i i do think this is another death flag right is it's amazing that mm. you've survived this long um but I, I i mean like i think in some ways you could you could take his whole speech right when he said i'm not going to let you die right when he says you've taken all these things from me like i can't in like, has he really been living? I guess is like, is the is the like, mm, yeah. is the is yeah. the it makes you think question to ask about it, what? right? Like, <laughs> you know, he hasn't killed himself, but like, you know, has he ever this, really been alive?
0: This manga really makes you think, like Spider Man. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then Grant goes outside and, you know, tries to talk them down, which is cool. This is a really cool move. And like you said, also kind of a very 90s thing to do. Right. To walk outside and just like talk up at the buildings where there's a sniper, you know.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's oh, the uncharitable read of this is it's when in Home Alone, when Kevin McAllister goes out into in front of his house and says, do you hear me? I'm not afraid of you. You know, <laughs> and he's just shouting it. at his house. I mean, like, that's not what this is. Like, obviously. And but that that comparison just jumped into my head. And I was like, can't, it's can't a let fun, this go. That is a fun yeah. read um yeah. i i think it's interesting that he specifically says i don't care if you're nazis or Stasi, which like ha- have the Stasi been invoked before in this comic book i mean like we've talked about the Czech secret police but i don't think by name they have been been like,
0: yeah not, they haven't been named so it's just like this yeah, i was like oh okay it says <laughs> yeah i really like it when he says i'm not anyone special either yeah That's a great panel. And then the next panel is just the buildings in the rain. Oh, it's good. Quiet. Maybe it worked. That's the
1: thing. Yeah. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Oh, it's so good. And then the next double page. Fuck. Just, just like, like. He sees sausage girl and, you know, he like, he points, he points up. Mm Mm-hmm. You know. Little finger. Yeah a little finger and then bam she's fucking down Blamo. holy god it's it's just really um
1: I think I mean, the like, thing that does it for me is like how relieved she seems to see him or how relieved she is to, to see him right like
0: and how cold his blood runs yeah yeah, yeah yeah uh-huh. that she's there
1: um, Yeah, it's good I I I yeah. I mean,
0: like, how many different ways can we say it's good? Because like, I, I, God, this shit's. Get, so let's, good. Get a, let's get it. Let's
1: get it. It's good. Count for me this episode. Yeah. I have said it a lot. Uh, ding,
0: yeah. Ding, ding, there's ding. a lot of there's a lot of times to say it. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. I did. And I then, did
1: have one thing that I was going to say. It's a very yeah. quick note about um, what Wim says to Grimmer. You know, he's like, "This is my dad. My dad is the one doing this." I think it's interesting that everyone has an idea of who or what is behind this, and it's all everyone thinks it's their fault or it's personal to them, Ooh, right? Wait, like, wait,
0: that's really good. Yeah, that's such a good pull, actually.
1: Um, it's... it thinks it's his
0: dad, uh, and then, and then like the fisherman and his wife think it's people after their fortune. And then... I
1: mean, you could even say, like, the man whose wife has been shot is, like, he feels like this was, like, extremely personal to him and not just, like, a random act of, you know, it's like, this person came in and ruined my life. Like, they did this to ruin my life.
0: And I think that's the kind of thing is that, like... Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just that everything a person does is personal. Yeah. In a way, you know? Like, bad things... When bad things happen to you... They belong to you. Yes, and a bunch of people can be in in the same situation, and it'll belong to them in different ways. Maybe I don't know. Just kinda yeah, like trying to work with this. No, that concept. makes sense because it's the really other, cool.
1: The other thought that I had was like, it's just kind of. It seems counterintuitive that it's like people in this quiet, sleepy town really feel like. It was about to boil over. Like everyone has a reason that they think that this is happening, and it was just barely under the surface, and all it took was Johan showing up with a couple of guns to just make this seemingly quiet mountain home, you know, tear itself right. apart. Right. And it's that's this... your king. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh that, um, is your king right that there. it's it's just under the surface at all times, you know? Yeah. Uh I, I All right. I like it.
0: Yep. Chapter 155. In the distant past, Grimmer remembers watching the magnificent Steiner, but does not remember ever watching the final episode. And he asks himself if the magnificent Steiner ever figured out that, uh, that he, like, if, if the boy that was the magnificent Steiner ever figured out his connection to it, and if he ever lived uh, happily ever after. He screams his rage at the death of Sausage Girl. Sorry, Sausage Girl. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. And we move to the woods where the people Tenma saved are going through the woods. And they run into Rudy and Nina. And uh, they they tell Nina where Tenma is. And uh, then they get into town. And we find Tenma. Tenma finds Sausage Girl and somebody gets thrown out of a window uh, so he runs into that building and he finds a shot and bloodied in a chair grimmer and grimmer says he took out four people in one way or another and ten asks if the magnificent steiner came to the rescue grimmer says no he didn't show i did it myself in a fit of rage he gives Tenma a letter from uh, from Klaus Papa, although not addressed to Tenma. Um, Lunga found it at the Red Rose Mansion, gave it to Grimmer to give to Tenma, um, and then Papa shows up and Grimmer introduces the two of them, uh, and Vim is there as well. And as he dies, Grimmer starts crying, and he says that he's sad. Not because he's going to die, but he's sad now that his son died. Human beings can't lose their emotions, he says. It's like someone wrote him a letter, and it arrived decades later. Is this true sadness? Is this happiness? In the final episode of The Magnificent Steiner, I'll bet he turned back into a human being, and Grimmer dies. Um. And uh, Vim and Papa uh, both cry for him.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I go back and forth on that final panel of them all just standing around. Like this feels like a why is Spider-Man crying? uh <laughs> gonna Whoa, a what? Bit, what what i don't know i think it, i don't know there's something about it that's just a smidge too saccharine for me i mean like it's good it's a good death grimmer gets a good death the thing I that think, that does man, that I, I do like yeah, the thing uh-huh. i do like is papa's little verbalizations like as grimmer has died like oh yeah. oh i okay, yeah, oh he's, he's like crying yeah, yeah, it's that he thought he was ready to deal with this, right? You know, the thing that we were saying was like, I'm ready, give me mm-hmm. whatever I need. And it's like, but not this. Like having to really come face to face with what he did. Yeah. You know, it's good. Yeah. I like, like
0: that. Like seeing somebody who he hurt so badly die in front of him and it's all his fault. This whole thing is his fault, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, my first note for this chapter is Sausage Girl died for our sins. <laughs> <laughs>
1: She died for someone's sins.
0: That is for sure. Uh, and also, like, I really like the few panels we get of the Magnificent Steiner TV show.
1: Oh, I love, um, I love Grimmer in the Void watching the Magnificent Steiner show, and then being pulled away yeah. by that, you know, unseen arm, and never getting to see the finale. Which, which, like, here's where I'm gonna be old man for a little bit because this really isn't yeah. even something that I get to, that I got to experience. Like, it was already kind of over by the time that I was a media watching person. This idea that like a TV show could end. And you just might not ever know how it ended, you know, mm. <laughs> because, you know, we didn't have the internet or DVDs or things like that. Like, I remember when I got into Gilligan's Island, when I was in middle school, like talking to my dad's older sister and being like, like I was watching through the show slowly. And I was like, do they get off the island at the end? And she's like, you know, I don't know. I never think I I never saw the last episode. And
0: <laughs> right. And that like you could miss the last episode.
1: Yeah. And just Oof. you know, if you didn't catch it, you never Scary knew. Scary
0: thought. Um, Scary
1: thought. Uh, yeah, the but Hulk I, so show, I also like it. Yeah. By the way, last episode of the Hulk show—it's one of those oh, ones yeah. where it's like they didn't realize they were going to get canceled, so the last episode is just a oh, normal no. episode. Um, which fun, fun little like you know, convenient detail. The last couple episodes of that show are about the Incredible Hulk being in abandoned slash cursed small towns like where... <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah it is but the, the show ends uh they make a bunch of follow-up tv movies a couple years later and hulk dies at the end of it is is how that ends so
0: that does make sense it's here uh, i also i also like it visually um it's fun when urasawa like depicts like older styles of of art um which again that's something fun that'll come up mm, in really bad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah i just like it when he does other stuff Got a great big old picture of Grimmer yelling.
1: Yeah, I I do think I I called out the phrase that he said. Did the boy figure out that his own anger transformed him? Did he live happily ever after? Mm -hmm. And it's like that's the end of Grimmer's arc, right? Like he comes to the realization or acceptance that it's like my anger is what did this to me, right? And it's that is interesting, I think, right? Where it's like his whole thing is I don't have emotions, I don't have emotions, I don't have emotions. It's like, but the emotion that he does have is anger right is like yes this that is kind the of, one that yeah. he
0: has like consistently uh-huh throughout throughout what we see of grammar like it's the only emotion that we see him really have
1: yes yeah, the way he responds anger. to you know bonaparte saying just let yeah. me die you know like that that an angry response right mm-hmm. um and it's i don't know i i the note that i wrote was maybe is it like breaking that block between the Magnificent Steiner being, like, merging those two personalities back together is, like, mechanically, what does this? It's like,
0: well, it's, it's, it's like, the thing about the separation, right, the compartmentalization, is it is pushing the feelings away from you, because they're too intense to reconcile. Okay. Right? And so the whole point with Magnificent Steiner is he would black out because he would be feeling something so strongly, like, he just couldn't handle it, and then you know another side of himself would handle it um. and so I guess what we're seeing here is is like character growth or change here in some way because like he said Steiner didn't show he did it himself right the compartmentalization is over he has accepted and integrated this fury and rage into himself and he did not need to cut it away he was able to be that all the way himself and do all the things that he normally would have done as Magnificent Shiner, but now he's conscious of them, right? You know, um, it's, the compartmentalization is over. And that's also why, as he's dying, he finally has cry. access, yeah. right, to his other emotions, to his sadness and his happiness. He, by, by taking ownership of his anger and his emotions he was able to access all of them again
1: yeah um i we're gonna have to in the final episode we're gonna have to talk about the idea of sending letters because that has suddenly like from the last reading become like a big motif um definitely because i mean we've talked about stories we've talked about a bunch of stuff but letters is a new one kind of
0: yeah and it's also interesting that he's talking about this uh, a letter arriving decades later as he gives a letter to Tenma uh-huh. written decades ago. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's that is an interesting thing to kind of happen at the same time. Uh but yeah, no, um I, I think that Grimmer's death is one of the best moments in the whole series.
1: It's good. Um, um I was a little sad, you know, that it was like this was the end of his arc, but like it was never gonna end any other way, you know? I'm glad he got yeah. to cry for the death. I do like that note, right right, where it's he's not crying because he's afraid to die. He's finally getting to cry about like the thing that has defined his adult life, right? Yeah. Um
0: Yeah. You know, human beings can't lose their emotions. That's also a very, very important thing to say. Because Grimmer saying this right now in this way means that the manga is telling us that this is true. Would, right?
1: Yeah, this is like yeah. a this is a like a, a plea right like human beings can't lose their emotions but also it's like a statement it's like he didn't lose his emotions you can't lose your emotions um so it's yeah it it works on a couple different levels i think
0: yeah definitely you know and it well and it also means that like it means that johann didn't lose his emotions ferto mm-hmm. hasn't lost his emotions it's saying in a way that at least one kind of monster isn't real or that all these experiments ever did was fuck people up Mm -hmm. none of them ever actually were
1: successful yeah
0: yeah like all they succeeded in doing was fucking people over and and like just ruining their ability to be healthy people but it did not make them not people
1: Mm. fictional characters you know you're still people
0: yeah um yeah just it's one of one of my favorite death scenes also just in just okay yeah it's a good one i I, i'm more up on it than you i think uh i i just think i think the last panel is important specifically because of papa crying
1: yeah i i agree i think that that's an important moment yeah um i fun note fun note when Rudy and Nina run into the people in the forest, the, did you make note of the thing that Rudy says when they're talking about the Asian man with long hair running around saving everyone? Oh, he says uh, that Asian man is my friend. <laughs> <It's> just, Temma, <laughs> it, it made me laugh. <laughs> that, that
0: Asian man, it's I, I think it's just that they don't know that the guy's name is Tenma. Yeah, I know. I think is why I say it, but it is it is funny. Uh, that Asian like, man is my
1: friend. Th- it's just a man. funny phrase. <laughs>
0: yeah uh, (laughs) me me pointing at my at my asian (laughs) that asian Asian man is my friend um like the one thing the one sentence i learned in japanese uh, (laughs) sever did i ever tell you i i feel like if i i don't did i mention this i must have mentioned this really early in the podcast you tell me if i if i talked about this Uh, When I went to visit Prague, you know, I figured I should know a little bit of Czech, Uh, but I didn't have time to actually learn any workable Czech. So I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to learn one functional sentence uh, and it's going to be fun. And because it was 2019, I learned the phrase good evening, cuckold. What?
1: It was 2019
0: and, and cuck was a really funny word um slash concept so i learned how to say it in 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 check uh and it is <laughs> um and so it was it was my little it was my little party trick oh, when i was over there so yeah exactly you just, so i would be
1: you do a dorkier version out. of the machine the Burt Kreischer stand up at the machine <laughs> what i'm you know i'm not gonna oh, explain okay, it. okay. Yeah. Wait, yeah that's too much of
0: a <laughs> tangent but but so i was hanging i would be hanging out with lucy and her friends and she'd be like quinn quinn say, do it say the thing say the thing and i would say it and every time it got, it got a great okay. response well but just think about it right that is think pretty about funny the other way around yeah right like somebody comes over here they're checked they don't speak a word of english and then their friend turns to them and, and says something in, in a language you don't speak and then they say in in like apparently i had a russian accent you know and then they say in like russian accented <laughs> Uh, english or whatever like like maybe like a new york accent like a perfect new york accent they say what's up cock you know and it's yeah. just like okay. out of nowhere you've sold you know. me on it this
1: is funnier right because i initially i just her made grandparents really liked it okay that's uh, that's pretty funny actually you know yeah, yeah. uh
0: <laughs> so i wasn't i wasn't expecting i wasn't expecting to, to do it for her grandparents um uh so that was it was it was a good time Anyway, I don't think I did mention it on the podcast, and that's No, wild, that's a new think, story, yeah. You mm-hmm. would think I would have said that a long time back. Uh, but there you go, there you go. That's, that's the story about, about the, the one check phrase I knew when I was... Check, yeah. was <laughs> yeah, I know a little bit more now. Okay, and we're back from a bio break, and actually, I feel a little bit more awake. Uh, now I, I finished off the rest of the collards. We slightly over them. Let me tell you guys, I don't know why I just got the feeling like I'm a real, like, radio... Radio DJ type. All of a sudden, uh, let me let me tell you guys. Collard greens, well, they shrink up way more than you think. Like you, you work Ooh. with you work with cabbage. You work with your leafy greens. Like sure, all of them they shrink up, and you think you know. You know, you're starting to make collards, and you think you know how far they're gonna go. But those motherfuckers really, you know, they uh, they just kind of vanish.
1: They disintegrate.
0: Um, well, you don't disintegrate. It just gets so small. Mm. Um, really, like we have like two two man, uh, but the other thing is that they're dumb, easy to make, absolutely stupid easy to make some decent collards. Um, so anyway, if none of you guys know the joys of some simmered collard greens, Love them. get that Get that shit in your life. That's some of the best stuff the South ever came up with. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that, that stuff rocks. Maybe one of my favorite vegetable sides. Oh, um, okay. Like top, top five, top three. Even. It's like collard greens. I'm an okra uh, person green beans never got a taste okay yeah match that one okay um but yes we're good we're in fighting fit uh and we're ready for the second leg of this marathon matt do you want to jump us in on page 156 not page chapter 156 yeah
1: the nameless man um lunga enters roberto's room and moves into the bathroom flinging open the shower to find it empty he whips around Scanning the hotel room for Roberto, but can't find him before he's shot, right in the shoulder. He tumbles over a chair and drops his gun, panting and bleeding. So you're Roberto. I don't really have a name. Boom. With a gunshot, we cut back to the Hotel Versteck. Tenma has carried Grimmer's body across the street and everyone mourns. Uh, Tenma heads back out into the street and Papa takes a gun and follows him. Tenma opens and reads the letter Lunga found at the Red Rose Mansion from Papa Bonaparte, and Papa sadly explains that he wrote the letter because he fell in love with the twins' mother and changed his mind about the experiment, killing everyone who knew about it, about her, and about the twins. The two sadly walk into the rain. We cut back. The shot was Lunga's. He fired a service weapon through the chair directly into Roberto's gut. Lunga stands and levels his gun at the bleeding Roberto, asking who he is, where Johan is, and why Roberto is so loyal to him. Roberto laughs and recites Lunga's history, taunting him with how far he's fallen in his chase for Tenma. He then starts talking about Lunga's family, and how his wife has gotten remarried to a man who makes her very happy, and acts as a grandfather to Lunga's grandson. This is the taunt that crosses the line. Lunga steps a bit too close and Roberto grabs him. The two have a huge, violent fight, kicking and punching, flipping and tumbling around the room. Roberto throws Lunga into a wall and then sits on his chest, strangling him, monologuing about how he has no name, no country, no memories, until Johan found him and helped him remember just one thing. We cut back to the Verstec, where Wim sadly remembers Grimmer and the story he told about his one memory of a friend, Adolf Reinhardt. Who loved bugs, but not killing them, and loved the hot cocoa they got every week at Kinderheim 511. We cut back to Roberto, and surprise, surprise, this is the memory that Johan helped him remember hot cocoa. This
0: sucks.
1: I mean, it does, but as I've just read it out, I'm like, damn, hell yeah, hard as fuck. I mean, it does suck. It's so goofy. It's so goofy. You made
0: it sound good, but look, it sucks. (laughs) You're taking this really, really cool character and just, like, tying him in at the end in honestly what feels like a clumsy way. Like, like, ugh. I just, I like Roberto, International Man of Mystery. Yeah. You know, like I like the Adolf Reinhardt. He didn't need it. That's no. the fucking thing.
1: I mean, because it feels like you they seized on the wrong part of the. You know, because Roberto has that speech. I think it's back when he's first revealed. I have no country, yeah. right? It's no like country. it feels like you've seized on the wrong part of the mysterious past and made it unknown past. I don't exist. So I totally agree with you there. I think it's goofy and unnecessary. On the other hand. I do like that he is also monsterfied. <laughs> that yeah, you know, that Roberto is another one. Uh, yeah. Another one. Yeah.
0: I, 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 you know, and there is you know, and and there is still something to like. Ah, oh, fuck, Johan got this one. He got him. Yeah. You know, uh, it's really
1: you, you're it's, right because immediately after we've had you know from the same class at Kinderheim five one one. Immediately after we've had Grimmer redeem himself, we have the other side of the coin. Roberto here. Full monster, just blasting people, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, so yeah, yeah you're uh, right. It, it the first time I read it, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, "What a stupid plot development."
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll ever fully like it. No. Um, uh, it's definitely. I I think it's my least favorite thing in this volume. Okay. Personally, this is this is my big like thumbs down for the for the finale of Monster.
1: Okay. I think Um, you're going to be surprised at what my big thumbs down ends up being. Yeah. Uh,
0: Interesting. Uh, We have another outside gunshot.
1: Yep. This was the counter. I think we're up to two and a half because one of them wasn't a gunshot, it was rain. But I was like, that's the same effect. We've cut to an outside shot while people are holding guns at each other, you know? Right, right, Um, right. Okay the thing that that reveal does allow that I like is the exchange that I read. So you're Roberto. I don't really have a name. Like cool, good, hard. And then Yeah, that th- shit does rule. The way that Lunga is like tell me your name. I want to know the name of the man who is behind all of this or the name of the man who's going to kill me, right? I don't remember exactly what it is that he says. Yeah. Um dude, it's <laughs> it's good. Um All of the action in this chapter is so sick. Like, from the. Really really good. From the, like, recreation of the big scene in Psycho at the beginning, right? Like, as Lunga enters the Mm -hmm. bathroom and, you know, the shower scene, to. yeah, I mean them tumbling around like that big fight, like Luga getting thrown into a wall and then sat on. Like it is, yeah, it's they, rough. we haven't had a fight like this where it's just two big dudes wailing on each other. Um,
0: yeah, and we've got some uh, diagonal panel boards. Yeah, too. this fight's intense enough that it's it's earned them.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh.
0: Yeah, that that fight is so kinetic. And oh, I just love it. Fucking, it's hard hitting. You know, it's got impact. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um I think the only other note that I had for this chapter was that it feels you know, it really we're talking about the devil's apprentice, but obviously, you know,
1: like, Yeah, the, good note, good note.
0: Like, I think it's Roberto. Like, he's the real apprentice of Johan.
1: Cause he does the he does the Johan move here, right? Where he spells out your past yes, to you as a way to exactly. manipulate you. Yeah. And that's this actually, I, uh-huh.
0: unlike the other guy's half assed shit,
1: it works. You know, here.
0: exactly yeah yeah it worked Um, i mean it gets
1: lunga to step you know not in an incredible display of emotion from lunga right like telling him (laughs) shut up shut up shut up like (laughs) extremely like kind of shocking to see that this is how he's reacting to this you know definitely um
0: yeah but so good good job roberto you got him
1: good job roberto Um,
0: yeah and okay yeah, I mean this is and this we talked about before about how some of the chapters in this reading are just tiny. This is a tiny one. This is just like It is a little a little thing, but it's dense.
1: Yeah. The Tenman reading this man his private journal as they walk and talk is kind of wild. Like that's gotta be just the most embarrassing shit ever.
0: Yeah, with all that sad sad like yeah. like man like you just <laughs> like Klaus is just like closing his eyes like oh, oh god. Oh, make it stop. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you found my poetry. Yeah. You found my cringe poetry, um, you know. I I Oh, I mean there is that what do you, what do you think about about what Klaus says here about oh, uh, well, no, I fell yeah. in love with the yeah.
1: Well, that, like, you know, him falling in love, whatever. I don't know how I feel sure. about that. But I do like, you know, he's, he says, that, that, you know, he decided he needed to end it, and he killed everyone who was involved with the experiment. He just, he he did his best to erase it. He's doing, this is the thing again, right? Like, if you erase the past, does it become fiction, right? And, like, he couldn't bear living with this thing that he did, so he tried to make it be something that wasn't real. Yeah, tried but, to
0: make it go away. Yeah, and it didn't work. of never worked. You know, you go down, you go down to the revenge and it's not working and it never works every yeah. time you go. All right. And uh, we're back. We just took a little break uh, of about a week.
1: Another. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> so, a very. Just
0: uh, <laughs> a quick one. You know, quick, about a quick some little snacks. One. Yeah. bio break there. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt, do you want to do you want to talk about the nature of the break?
1: I mean, I can a little bit. Well, oh, about like that. I thought that maybe the computer had obliterated the whole episode for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got a, so we took a bio break and then like got back into recording. And I got a phone call um, that I had been expecting, but I think it was, I thought it was going to come a little bit later than it did. Um, Had to pick up. So my, my, uh, I use my phone as the camera when we, when we do these calls. Because um, w- listeners, we can see each other. I know that's very confusing because you can't see us. But when we record these episodes, we're on a video call. So picked up the phone, which left Quinn with like a frozen image of me making kind of like a shocked face i think it's a
0: good face yeah. or like
1: uh it, it, it's it's a pretty good face so I like then i would
0: describe the concept of a video call uh <laughs> to the audience like now listeners we're kind of early adopters <laughs> of this brand new technology you know don't get too jealous
1: well this is just that's just like for me because as a podcast listener i like it when the hosts kind of offer little little windows into what their recording setup looks like like, oh, uh-huh. if they if they are on a video call or not, because like, there's there, a there's a, there a mo- there's an important
0: that don't do it on video calls. That well, like there's an
1: important difficult. moment in Homestuck Made This World that hinges on the fact that they don't usually have video call. And then Michael turns his camera on. Oh, and that's that, right. That's right. Yeah. I
0: remember that. Yeah, that is a good bit.
1: So I, and I just, I think it's, it's a, like, part of it I do is a joke, right? Because it's one of the, everyone's favorite podcast joke is when we make visual jokes in an audio medium and then say the phrase, that visual joke will play very well in this audio medium. Yeah. But I don't know. There's, there's, there is something that about it that I think is interesting. I don't, I, mm. not particular not like really, really, it's kind of like boring, interesting, I think is the thing. I know anyway. what you mean. It is boring, but, interesting. I picked up this call, I was on the call for a while, and then uh, got off the call, was about to get right back onto the line to record with Quinn, and like as I was walking towards my computer chair to sit down, um, <laughs> the computer crashed. <laughs> and I said, oh no. <laughs> oh
0: no. Man, can you imagine halfway through the fucking final episode?
1: Yeah, if we oh, lost my. it.
0: Oh my that would have been just the worst.
1: This so is also a less than ideal circumstance, but it's it is not, not great, the worst. But it's not the worst. It's 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 it's, it's several degrees from the worst it could have been. But oh, yeah. the, the recording was safe. We just had to then we were both busy for the rest of the week and over the weekend. Oh so man, we are yeah. we are finally back. Oof. Yeah.
0: Pretty crazy. Um but yeah, so that's that's what's up with us. Uh listeners <laughs> sorry if this episode's coming out late. When we started recording, we didn't know it would be late, but here we are. We didn't Um, think it was going
1: to be this late, but you know, you live, you learn.
0: Indeed. We have lived and we have learned, and we are about to do chapter 157, because you guys already had the preamble, so we're not going to do that again. Um, yeah did we finish 156 i mean I we're just gonna
1: say we, we finished 156
0: I think we, let me let me flip through it let's see because um, i
1: what i listened to it was the last thing for me is making a comment that's from my 156 notes so we were I, I we were near the end of it if we weren't about to move on to 157 yeah
0: you know we have, we have the good fight with roberto very good oh, right, fight there's the hot cocoa and then we were talking about right. talking about uh alfred is that his name Roberto Adolf it was Adolf, Adolf Reinhardt.
1: Reinhard. yeah 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 um
2: <sighs>
1: but yeah well, and i think kind of where we came up. down just in case we didn't get into the full conversation on that previous one i think both of us were like this this didn't need to be a reveal that happened this is kind of a weird one yeah um in a lot of ways like the liked fact it more
2: that
1: than I did. yeah i like the fact that grimmer apparently told this story to whim i think was the other thing that just feels a little weird right you know because that would have been a pretty that, significant thing to happen off screen had,
0: it, yeah it is a significant thing to happen on screen it, it, off screen if it had happened on screen it would have been fine that would have been like oh grimmer thinks he's going to die he's going to tell this story to keep this guy's memory alive mm, that would have mm-hmm, been pretty effective mm-hmm. hearing about it after the fact is not nearly as effective it's like 15 yeah. percent as effective um but
1: because I think we made the yeah. joke. It's the it's the Tumblr and that man was Albert Einstein thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, man,
0: that man. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so chapter one fifty seven is called "Undrawable Pictures." Klaus Papa, as he walks through the rain, remembers uh, in Germany in. 1986 seeing the Liebert twins on the television and going to visit the Lieberts and uh, remembers going to see them then he leaves and we go through a quick montage of the uh, of the events of that fateful night Klaus Papa just uh, ruminates, talks about how he's responsible for for a monster, and Tenma says, I brought that monster back to life. And they walk into the ring. Meanwhile, Roberto is strangling Lunga and gives him a monologue about Johan's plan, how he's going to show Tenma that wasteland of loneliness. Uh, when he's the only one alive uh and then he gets ready to gets ready to finish off Lunga, but then Lunga gets his gets his thumb in uh in Roberto's uh gunshot wounded man that's that shit rules um Luka turns the tables on him answer me where's Johan Nina and Rudy are walking walking through the streets they find the hotel and uh and oh fuck, Vim uh recognizes Nina from the drawings in the vampire's house and is like, yeah, yeah, I I found these drawings that look just like you. They're at the vampire's house. And uh, we see we see the cabin as uh Johan looks menacingly at the camera. Whew.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay, so what do you you think about, especially since the title of this chapter is Undrawable Pictures, and kind of, so the conclusion that um, Papa comes to, right, is the reason there's so many of these different versions of the pictures, and it was something that I think Lunga and Grimmer said, right? It was like, he he couldn't seem to get it quite right. There's something that's, he couldn't do it. He thought there was something wrong with them. And then he says that too, like, I couldn't get him to turn out, right? But nevertheless... Wim is able to say, oh, yeah, those were pictures of Nina, right?
0: Well, it's not – I mean, it's not that he was – he wasn't trying to find – he wasn't trying to draw the twins. He drew the twins perfectly fine. What he was trying to draw was an ideal picture of the twins surrounded by love. Right. But he couldn't do it because he knew that there was no such thing.
1: Yeah, and I, what I think – says. It's probably that I read into it, I think, too much here, right, is – he, so he he can't imagine that world where they're surrounded by love. It doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. But when someone who's only seen those pictures of something that supposedly doesn't exist, right? He can he can still recognize Nina, right? She is surrounded by love, you know, by all these uh, all these connections and stuff. I don't know. I think that maybe I I want there to be more there. I think there's probably a piece or two missing from to get from A to B, like from what the text yeah, says to I, kind of I, how I, I want to read of, it.
0: I see what you're saying. But yeah. like I guess I guess I see what you're saying, and I will corroborate. Uh let me let me adjust and I think we'll have the right the right landing point, which is that he was incapable of conceiving it. There we go. You know, like mm-hmm. but Nina was surrounded by love. Yeah. Uh and even Johan was many times. Many times did Johan find people that that honestly loved him uh, and maybe but he just didn't fucking care about them.
1: Yeah, maybe that's the more interesting part, right? Is like so the last time that he sees them it's when they're in, you know, they have 3%. supposedly settled yeah. with a happy family, yeah. right? And it's still he can't it it doesn't seem right. It's not he can't imagine it. Um it's it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. You know, and it's
0: this I guess this kind of this idea of like I think it is wild how little we actually learn about Papa.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because, like, what was his childhood like? What about his parents? You know, like, and obviously you can just, you can ride that. It's trauma all the way down, right? It's trauma elephants all the way down. So you have to decide how many elephants you're willing you're willing to descend. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> since it does seem to be Papa who is the motivating factor... For this entire story, we could have stood just a little bit of his goals, his why's and wherefores, like what's up with this with this supremely depressed little man?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's weird and interesting because so much of the most of the. Interactions that we have with him throughout this story is Nina's image of him reaching toward this horrifying thing of human yeah. beings can become anything, yeah, and then yeah. kind of the big turn at the end of or as we finish Klaus Papa's arc is him. We get the full thing. It's this is after he's done the thing so that they can run away, so he can erase yeah. this horrible thing that they've done. Human beings can become anything, so you have to become something good. good. You have to yeah. run away from this. Which um, is, I mean, that is a very it's a weird uh, turn, right? It it's feels very, very sudden. Ancient. Also. Yeah. So
0: I I didn't mention that before, but that it reminds me a lot of Nietzschean anti nihilism, which okay. is you know if nothing we do matters, then all that matters is what we do, you hmm. know, um you know. There's no larger meaning to anything. So being good to people in the here and now is the most meaningful act. And this th- this just reminds me a lot of that, right? Human beings can become anything. We can choose to be or do anything. So yeah. what you choose to be matters.
1: To um, me, I think that's probably the best read because that's it's. It's not a huge turn from, you know, Johan's dollar no. store, Nietzsche, yeah. right? Where it's like nothing matters. It's you take the the oh, smallest yeah. possible step and then you're able to get to, like you said, it's because nothing matters, everything that we do matters, That's true, right? but you know
0: what? I forgot that Johan had the dime store, Nietzsche. So yeah, this honestly, now that since there's two things here that really seem to be approaching that same concept, I think we can actually say this might be intentional that Urasawa may have consciously been evoking Nietzsche because if it's if it's one time that's one thing but two times that's, that's probably two something things. yeah you know <laughs> i mean we need a third to really cement that in, but it's something to think about uh you know and i'm not i'm not saying that i'm some like uh philosopher or whatever but this no, is no
1: i've not read any i'll be
0: familiar with uh so yeah anyway but i also think that's it's a cool it, that's I just love that moment. I'm sure we talked about yeah. it plenty last time, but I love that human beings can become anything, you know, so you need to be good.
1: It's very good because it turns yeah. this thing that is scary into something that's I mean it's it's still a scary image, right? And it's like it's the end of this it's it's a uh, the end this of a bad thing in the beginning of more murder. bad stuff yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like you know like oh great this this guy you know but uh, but it
1: completely but reformats like this thing that has been kind of it central to the back half of goals. the story you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, it yeah.
0: changes what he wants out of things but i i think like ultimately that's still what i don't understand about papa is what started all this for him why was he doing these experiments was it out of yeah. curiosity was it patriotism literally what was it a well, lot of other I people will say, tell him what he's doing but
1: unfortunately i think some of the oh, supplementary right. material digs into this in a way that like right. i that's what i caught some of and was like oh i hate this okay. but i think i think from what you said i the the other thing that kind of popped into my head is you were talking about what is his backstory what is his goals i think the very least we can assume is like this dude probably did not have a good there's there's some there's some bad stuff in his past right oh, like yeah
0: no yeah. <laughs>
1: And so I think it kind of gets to there's this idea right with you know people who have rough childhoods it's this thing it's like you always want your kids to have better right and it's like mm-hmm. Johan and Nina obviously aren't his kids but he is kind of like a father figure in their in their he background def- a little bit He wanted
0: them to be his kids.
1: Right he did and it, like yeah. he and that we didn't even we haven't even talked about you know Lipsky and how he abandons his actual
0: right. child
1: right Man what's um, up
0: with Papa's wife who was his
1: wife I don't know but I think it's kind of it's this he has this hope that things are better, but he he can't see beyond where he is, I think is the thing.
0: I think that is right. a very good way to encapsulate Papa. Right. He's a guy he's a guy who looks back, you know, looks back on his life and his short sightedness and knows enough to regret it, but has not taken those extra steps to really understand it. He's just stuck on the self loathing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And that's we we did talk about that, right? Like he's just been hiding yeah. out here and yeah. you know, I'm I'm ready to die. He's not ready to do any of the real work. Yeah, right, right. Uh-huh.
0: right. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So. so with that, uh back to chapter one fifty seven. I really like the bit where we have these, you know, Papa says, I created a monster, and then on the next page, Tenma slowly turns around. He gets two whole panels just mm-hmm. to turn around and he says, I brought that monster back to life. Yeah. You know, and that's just, like, these two guys that both feel responsible, you know, for stuff that, like, frankly, how responsible are they, really? Um, Nina turned out pretty fine. Not that Papa has not done awful things, but it is also just, like, at a certain point, Johan, you know.
1: I guess that's well, interesting. I, yeah, I never really, like, stopped to consider that. That, you know, I've just kind of taken it as text the same way that in the beginning I was like, this boy has to die, I think mm. I've taken Tenma's kind of flawed belief that this is his fault at face value. And like for a while Nina was running around saying it was her fault too. Well, there's um, a lot of
0: there's a lot of self blame for all kinds of shit in this manga. Yeah. And in point of fact, look at it this way Johan Johan is a victim of the same thing because Johan's whole deal is that he all, he buys into his own shit. Mm-hmm. Right, like he blames himself, oh, yeah, you know he blames himself for the death of these people, these people and and you know, sure, but he blames himself for the way that he is, you know, yeah. and of course, like if you see yourself as a monster that way, like you're not going to feel the urge to change, you're just like well, I guess I guess this is how I am, you know, um, and or you know, look at all of the people that we met in kind of the first part we have that mercenary, we have rosso. Right. Um. You know, there's, or or the doctor. In point of fact, hold hold on. There's a lot of people that we meet that have transgressed in some way that are specifically grappling with right. that transgression and, and what it means about them and how to do something else. I you don't, know and we can even people... go forward
1: to yeah. who was the who was the guy from Czech who lived in the house uh, and tried yeah. to assassinate. Yes. um
0: Yeah. It's just it's a lot of people. Yeah, we were talking about murder, and yes, it is an exploration of murder, but it's also an exploration of guilt, and mm-hmm. what it means to blame yourself for things that may or may not have been inside of your control. I mean, and Martin,
1: also, too. Yeah. He's another one, right? Like, okay, this is, now we need to think about guilt. Yeah, as yeah, we, yeah, 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 yeah. We're,
0: uh, we're really, or Lunga <laughs> and how he interacts with his family. Right. You know, um...
1: In the There's very effect. last minute, we're finding yeah. the theme of this story. <laughs>
0: well, I, <laughs> the, the, yeah.
1: They're probably the most obvious theme. We've somehow just not really dug into it. Maybe, I mean, aside you know, from just like, we say, oh, we think that it's interesting yeah. that they grapple with this guilt. But like, I've not really. It. It's, it's everyone. It's, I mean, Richard, yeah. you know, he shot that kid. Everyone in this story, every single character has something that they feel well, ashamed and guilty I of. Don't, I
0: don't know, though, because what about right Fine.
1: Uh, maybe not fine He might be the only. Well, I mean, he feels bad that he feels bad that Richard got murdered, and oh, that Tenma that. is like, you know, having to deal with I this. I don't know but... if he blames
0: himself so much for that. I I don't know. Like, I think I think it's.
1: Uh, I guess a sweeping statement that every man, single character is not quite then true. Then there's
0: Ava. Uh-huh. Fuck me. I mean, Ava. Oh my. Oh yeah. Like you said, Martin. Oh. Yeah. This this is all over this is absolutely all over the place
1: yeah i think it's the it's the cuz the other thing that i would say is for a lot of these characters their regret their guilt led to like a life change and reconnecting or connecting differently or things like that right and i think that's to me that's almost what well
0: you also you also see people <sighs> i mean but then we're also contrasted with people that i guess regret regret over past actions is history right yeah. so it's it's feeding into it's it's just concomitant with the theme history, of and consequences. history and consequences yeah. right mm-hmm. so your past is the history and then regret is the consequences and so when mm-hmm. we see people that are you know we see people who do not feel the regret but they feel consequences in other ways you cannot actually erase history you just end up with different consequences than regret yeah. Um you know, it's uh but but everyone everyone in this story is beholden to the past.
1: I mean the, the two crooked cops. Like I just keep thinking of more the more oh, that I sit here and God. think about it. It's it's everyone. Yeah. Um hmm. well, uh... I mean, and I don't
0: even know if there's any like major conclusions to be drawn from this. It's just something that is so massive in the story it's you know yeah. it's if the if kind of if what we're talking about here is history and consequences as a core like motif or structure for the thing regret is kind of how that is expressed through the characters yeah and how you how all of these different characters are tied into kind of this central thing of the story
1: yeah 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 and I mean, I guess uh, according to that, right? Like you said, the consequence. So there's there's two pieces to that. There's regret. And then from that, we have Nina's thing, right? Which like her whole yeah. story has been kind of the memory has been erased or hidden yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So like the history is gone. She's cut off from that history. And Johan's whole thing is if you if you cut off everyone's connections and history and stuff, they cease to exist. And yeah. then from the other side, it's I guess, I guess Johan is – I don't know. I, oh, I need to think about this a little and bit I, more. I know. And I'll have my big this thesis in the final episode. It's but wild. this was a fun and thing then, to, I think, yeah. think well, about. Yeah, well, and
0: then you have Rudy, right, who was also... Tape recorder. One, he was rocking yeah. uh, tape recorder. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, the other thing about Rudy is that when we first met him, uh, the cheating.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. The
0: regret there. So he also And how had much that regret. defined
1: his present. Yeah, yeah. And his Fein, relationship to Tenma. Yeah.
0: Reichwein is fairly unique for not having... Mm-hmm anything to regret Otto is not he has no regret but he also is a criminal he has so no he consequences have, either yeah, yeah he he's has just no, kind of like a just, fun
1: little he floats yeah. from thing to thing
0: but reichwein i think is really really interesting when we look at it through this lens because what yes. he is, is he is a person who specializes in this topic as yeah. a therapist he specializes in In working directly with history and consequences, you know. And so he is, that is why Reichwein is one of the most relentlessly positive characters in the whole story. Because Uh he is a symbol of being able to consciously work with this stuff. Yeah. And that is, that is the path to freedom, I guess is kind of what this story is saying. I think so. Like like therapy and facing your past and And forgiving yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's how you that's how you make it through. Uh man, what a what a thing to pick a up thing in to stumble on the uh-huh. Like
2: <laughs> woo,
0: Man. Um, that's fucking wild. Yeah. It's so fun. Uh, I don't have a lot of other notes for this chapter except that I love uh thumb in the wound. Oh, like, such a good that like, happens like in fight media, scene it's awesome. thing. Yeah. Great. You know. And it also it's great for making you wins, because you're just like, oh, it really makes you go, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, like, it's a good fight scene, and Roberto gets really some good is. stuff in there. I, I called out the line, that he says, I want to see what Johan saw. Um, yeah. And how Tenma is, like, Johan has said Tenma's the one who's gonna get to see it. Right? Mm-hmm. That's There's something cool and sinister about that. Absolutely. Um, I also
0: love the line Lunga gets. Johan's plan, the hard drive in my head. Says that plant doesn't add up. What a line! What a one liner! Holy shit!
1: Well, unfortunately, I have to inform you that the hard drive doesn't have any math capacity. That hard drive is just storage. That's, that's so not he's what do- I- he- he if he'd said the computer in my head, it would have But when that one came up I was like oh hmm uh, <laughs> That's not what hard as I, as I say well actually and push my glasses up onto my face but it's hard. It's good I love it. <laughs> totally.
0: Um We have the fucking fucking return of the ants the ants I really again. Wish-
1: I really wish they'd gone with puppets. I think instead of ants is where I landed. Just watching it all from um, a distance
0: like a line of ants and I, my note is not the ants again, L-M-M-A-O. Yeah. You know, it's just so silly to have this fucking image back again when we least expected it. And at the time when maybe it's the least apropos. Like, uh, yeah. that has nothing to do with what's going on, my man. Mm-hmm. Urasawa <laughs> just really liked this one.
1: <laughs> couldn't let it go.
0: <laughs> he just couldn't. Uh, yeah. I don't think I had anything else.
1: Okay, I gotta grab the book off the shelf. I I, act- I forgot to get it before we started. My
0: man's been bookless? Yeah. Goddamn. Well, he's getting that. Let me see him. Uh, I don't know about y'all. There's a new chapter of Vinland Saga out. Uh, Vinland Saga, pretty good. Uh, a lot to say, actually. Uh, Vinland Saga and uh, Monster. A good amount to say to each other, you know. Pacifism. Doing harm. Oh, Matt's back. I met.
1: Yeah, hey. Um Vinland Saga's been on my list. That's something that That's I gotta get to sooner or later. So good. Um, okay, let's see, I am getting to 158. Don't cry. Mm-hmm. Wim's dad roams the streets of Ruenheim, looking for his son among the dead, despondently screaming that the devil is in this town. Rudy and Nina arrive at the vampire's house, but they're too late. Johan was here, but he's already gone. Rudy comments that the pictures are all unfinished and wonders what Johan thought. Nina slips into one final remembered memory trance. Um, Looking at the pictures, remembering a room full of dead people, the terror, everyone drinking wine and dying, and then calling for her mother. Rudy realizes what's happening and pulls out his tape recorder and begins to record. Nina describes uh, running home to Johan and telling him that the two of them have to stay alive and stay together and asks why he's crying and tells him not to cry and then begins screaming, don't cry, before passing out. When she reawakens from the trance, she tells Rudy that Johan was crying in this room and crying just like the day that he cried the rainy night that she shot him. She tells Rudy that she believes if she'd forgiven him. This wouldn't have happened, and all these people wouldn't have died. She thinks maybe it's too late, but this time she has to forgive him. Johan's gone into town to finish everything. We cut back to Tenma and Papa uh, roaming the streets, each with a gun, Tenma tells Papa that he's going to go in and says cover him from the outside, but first they have to, insi- they have to save Inspector Lunga. Uh, Wim runs up behind the two of them and says that Nina came looking for him, and she's gone to the house. Uh, Tenma realizes Nina is here, and Papa has an emotional moment where he realizes that she goes by Nina now and says that it's a very fine name, to which Wim responds with something that Papa has told him frequently, cherish your name. Tenma and Papa share like a meaningful look. And Wim asks about his dad. He's been running around town looking for him, but can't find him anywhere. Uh, And then all of a sudden the two turn around and Johan's standing there in the rain, walking towards them. (laughs) Tenma shouts at Papa to take Wim and hide and levels his gun at Johan, remembering his training. Two shots, always fire twice and your chances of killing skyrocket he prepares to pull the trigger and gets blasted from somewhere off screen
0: i think that's actually at the start of the next chapter i think this chapter ends with him just raising the gun is it really yeah it ends it ends with that gunshot it ends with another cutaway gunshot
1: no well he's leveling his gun no he gets shot he collapses how does it end mid-page is uh, is the last is the last panel we finally meet or is it
0: Wait wait wait. Oh, we finally wait wait, wait, wait. We finally meet. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh I don't think he got shot. I think Tenma just got pushed over.
1: He got pushed over?
0: Yeah, he gets pushed over cuz Papa just pushed him over so that he can Sorry, I I was reading something else while you were okay. summarizing. Okay. Yeah, it ends on the next page because you see Tenma just got pushed over and okay. then Papa raises his gun to okay. shoot uh to shoot Johan. And right. then the chapter ends with, with just gunshot. a gunshot. Okay. Okay. Uh, there we go. Sound effect, There we go.
1: Sweet. Yes. Uh, friends, if you couldn't tell, that was another live summary. Uh, sorry to have so many of them <laughs> here at the end.
0: So but it goes. We're here. We're doing it. We're fucking. It. We're we're yeah. getting there. My God. Um. Yes. This chapter. Um. I don't like the reverie. I think the. I think the. I'm tired is, of it. I'm really tired of it. Like, once is enough. More than that is just, like, you're overdoing it. It's so 90s. It is not realistic.
1: And it's really, really, really diminishing returns. Like, every new detail that er, that she learns is just, like, okay, um... It's all not, right. like, It's like
0: there's not anything to reveal anymore. Like, that's the mm-hmm. thing. That's what made these kind of exciting when they did work is that we're like, OK, so there's this fucking thing. And then, oh, she's going to find out something new. She doesn't remember right. anything meaningfully new this time. And how could she? You know, we've we've gotten all our shit done with, uh, you know, she has some like realizations afterwards, but she did not need the reverie to do it. Yeah, um, and I'm I just not, think there's like, some
1: cheap heat yeah. to like Nina's Definitely. eyes going wide and then her passing out, right? Like that's yeah. a move that has happened a bunch now. It's is... cool
0: that she falls like to her knees specifically. Yeah. It's a good mm-hmm. panel, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I don't like the I don't like the reverie. Uh, the art in general in this chapter is really really good. It's good mm-hmm. all over this last volume, but I really like the shots of, of the cabin. I love the shot at the start of uh Vim's dad in the street. Oh I the love devils that. in this town devils that in this town. that panel is so good it's dumb um uh yeah i don't really have anything else to say about this chapter oh oh, um, oh 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 sorry sorry uh if i hadn't shot him if i'd forgiven him this wouldn't have happened
1: do we think that that's true or do we just think that no, this no like... uh,
0: i mean i mean granted if she hadn't shot him things probably would have turned out better yeah sure but it's so, well yeah
1: the forgiveness do we think this is like a it's a survivor's guilt thing right where she's trying to tell him that it's not his fault that she was the one that went there is that the forgiveness that no she no feels no. She she's talking
0: him? right now she's talking about forgiving uh well forgiving she's talking...
1: him for murdering their parents like they're yeah they're yeah
0: yes you know okay. if she had not shot him that night okay for killing the Lieberds and, and other folk. Um I guess. But obviously his he was already murdering people. He had already killed at least four adults by this point.
1: Yeah. You know? Like And it seems it like serves. his operating theory is the two of us have to exist together alone and that's it. And yeah. I think is this her saying, like, well, if I just bought into that, then none of this would have happened. If I'd yeah, gone it, along it, with it. She okay. seems
0: she seems to think, Yeah. But that's obviously not true. You know? Yeah. You know, forgiveness is clearly an important thing here. But this just strikes me as Nina not being, like, like. I think maybe this is her, uh, this is kind of subtextual, but I think this is her forgiving herself for shooting Johan. Okay. And saying, it's too late, but this time you know and just like letting go and and being like even if he's not worthy of forgiveness i will forgive him because that's the only way to do anything meaningful Um,
1: yeah i don't know no no no. that i mean that that works for me i'm good with that Um, yeah do you have any
0: other do you have any notes that you're on about this chapter
1: i like the moment where bonaparte you know says her she her name is nina you know she goes by nina what a fine name um yeah I like that it's it works for me for some reason um and then Wim's little thing right and Tenma just that is a signifier of like how different this man is from the guy who we know wrote the nameless monster um while still being the same guy it's uh it's good
0: cool but
1: that's all I've got for 58 yeah
0: 158 not a not a super busy busy chapter um Yeah, and then Johan just shows up. He stands up. The Among Us theme plays. <laughs> Fucking. I don't know it well enough to sing it, but like, you bum, guys know bum, what bum, I'm bum,
2: talking about.
0: Yeah. Or however yeah. it goes. It's, it is just funny seeing him standing there. It's a great panel. Um, I think my last note is that, so the chapter ends with a, a gunshot cutaway, but they were already outside. So he couldn't cut to the outside of the building. He had to cut to the road.
1: It's good. (laughs)
0: It's the same move. It's so funny. Alright. 159. A vision of the end. The gunshot was Klaus Papa getting shot in the throat. He's dead. Uh, Nina is running through town trying to find Papa. Um, and this is where we see the flashback where we find out that human beings can become anything, so don't become a monster. Um, I guess that's what that river I pulled it early,
1: yeah, me. I thought it was yeah, I, mean, I thought we, it had already happened
0: no, I mean we we did that because it's incredibly important to reading this entire volume is why we mm-hmm. pulled it early, but here's where it happens. It happens in chapter one fifty nine uh Papa's dead, Roberto got him. Don't know what happened to Lunga, but uh, here's Roberto. Um, Roberto walks over to Johan, keels over, and asks to be shown the end. Johan says, no, it's not for you. And uh, Roberto dies. So, there goes that. Dr. Tenma has the shot lined up. And Johan gives him Another spiel about how we're all only really equal in death. And he does the he does the forehead touch thing. And we're treated to a gorgeous two-page spread of Tenma and Johan in the wasteland. Um, very cool. Very thematic. And as Tenma's hands shake, Nina asks him not to shoot. And she forgives Johan. And he's like, bro, it's too late. I can't go back. Tenma has to shoot me. And then somehow, he's gotten a hold of, of Wim. And has a, has a gun to him. Uh, and as Ten was about to shoot him, there is a shot. And Johan falls over. And is lying in the ring.
1: Yeah, that last page is really good because it's, it's the, so good. It's the top half is the rainy street with Johann's, uh body and like the splash that he's made as he's fallen, and then it just kind of bleeds down into slowly fades out just into empty white page with no bottom yeah. border on the panel.
0: Which is a new technique we have. We haven't seen that done. This is the only time it's done in the whole series.
1: Really? Okay. It's yep. what a, it's a. It's the moment to pull it. This is where you do it. it.
0: Really is. It's so it's such a cool uh cool move um yeah and so yeah so here we here we are um human beings can become anything
1: uh-huh. and like
0: it's revealed that like the way he was reaching for her was to caress her cheek he says mm-hmm. you two are beautiful shining jewels you mustn't become monsters
1: and the other thing he tells her to do he says forget this right doesn't he say, yep. you must forget everything you saw here today. Listen carefully. Yes.
0: yes, he tells her to forget. He didn't want her to remember it. He didn't want yeah. her to be a monster. He didn't want her traumatized anywhere that she was already going to be. Right. And so, so it her is forgetting funny. and
1: yeah. Johan remembering is what leads to, well, it, one of the exactly. factors seemingly that leads to him becoming the monster and not her.
0: Exactly, Johan remembered something mm-hmm. he wasn't supposed to, you know, uh... <laughs> there's a this ties into some stuff that uh comes up in a later chapter um which is funny to be saying four chapters from the end but there you go um but uh it does tie into something a little later yeah what do you think about uh roberto's end
1: oh he looks so terrible when he stumbles out into the mm. street it's awesome like he looks almost like a zombie um i you know he's covered in blood he's he is you know dripping from his face and just kind of like slowly walking forward and I love he's face down in the rain and is begging Johan to to show him and Johan yeah. just says no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's I I don't understand why he would say no. I don't I don't get it, right? But I also don't know what what it is Roberto thinks that he will see. I I don't know. And this is kind of where we get back into um you know as we remember the epigram and there's like some revelation stuff in a the a chapter or now uh-huh two still but oh. it's the you know the like full fun name of revelation like i think what the catholics call it is the revelation of john uh or the the, the revelation of the apostle john and as we know like Johann is one of the derivatives of the name john right so this mm-hmm. is like it's johan's revelation is this horrible scarred oh wow! wasteland you know oh wow that's uh really good. it's the the vision of the end right because that's what Reve- that's what revelation is right it's a lot of apocalyptic imagery and stuff like that so it mm-hmm. it kind of it just it it's a like a slight thematic tie back into some yeah. of the stuff that was called out at the very beginning is like setting the tone for the story that's um, really good yeah it's it's fun um
0: i really like the page where Tenma's lining up the shot um Really good pacing with, like, zooming in on Tenma's face and Johan's face.
1: Oh, and then I love how we pull back into the two-page spread. This is, like, hmm. it's, it's it's one of the best spreads in the in the book. Um, yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Because c- it's the Wasteland image we've had a couple times of them on the, the Czech border. But now it's present-day Tenma and present-day Johan just, like, transported away from the rainy streets that they're on. Just having their showdown in the Wasteland.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It really is so the two
1: of them at the end of the world.
0: What I wouldn't give to uh to have like a big old print of this slapped yeah. spread on my wall. You I know mean, what I, else I, it I is? have to
1: note that it's very it's, you know, another famous yeah. image of the end of the world, the uh the End of Evangelion poster, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's in it's in a similar space I yeah. think to that.
0: I also, you know what this just reminds me of this spread it's like that spread way back in Volume 1 in the in the parking deck.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah sure.
0: You know, with Tenma on the right and Johan on the left.
1: And did we have this too when he was trying to shoot him in the library? Or not yeah, quite Yeah, it was something
0: similar. It was something similar. Very interesting.
1: Yeah. Um... Yeah. The okay. So we love that. We we. What do you? What do you? I didn't ask you. What do you think of Roberto's end? Do you? Do you like it? Does it work for you?
0: I do. I do like okay. it a lot. You know. Yeah. yeah. I think it's. I think it's a testament to how unnecessary the whole. Uh, Adolf, that reveal, right, was. Heart reveal was. Because yeah. like you can just go to the next chapter and not even think about it. We're not calling him Adolf. He's Roberto.
1: He's Roberto.
0: He's our trusted friend Roberto, and this whole Adolf thing is just not important to how he's characterized in the slightest. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, and then we've got kind of the return to the dollar store, Niji. You know, we're all only equal when we're dead. Yeah, uh. you believe, you
0: believed all lives were equal. <laughs> That's why I came back to life. But you understand now, don't you? You know, um, yeah, equal in death. Man, what the fuck ever, this dude is his his philosophies he's just on
1: one right now yeah not
0: interesting or consistent um i think they're consistent though one thing that i do love about how johan is depicted in this chapter though he is no longer serene or angelic he looks tired
1: he does yeah he
0: looks human especially when nina shows up and and she forgets oh yeah like that is too late yeah, he's not a monster in this, in in these panels on this double page. He's not a monster anymore. Now he's just like a fucked up little man.
1: Yeah, he looks so tired when he holds that gun to Wim, oh, which yeah. is the most end of a '90s action movie thing you can do. Is now the bad guy <laughs> has a child at gunpoint.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know how Wim literally got over there. He just well, like Wim he ran just... over to
1: uh, Papa
0: oh and, right i guess yeah. i don't know it is funny so that, to just be like but like if... <laughs> johan just reaches below the panel and he's like look what i found <laughs> you know the child yeah but he does he looks very very tired i can't go back now right and this is what we're saying Johan He can't take
1: it back yeah he
0: can't he can't take it back he can't forgive himself there's no future for him mm. you know he understands like ever since he remembered Right? Ever since he remembered that... Or ever since Nina told him that he took her memories, he's known that everything he's done has been bullshit. Mm -hmm. But he can't forgive himself for it, so now he's gonna commit suicide. Is is kind of the the deal here, I think. Um... Yeah, Dr. Tenma has to shoot me. It's the only thing he knows how to do. It's the same thing Papa did. I'm prepared to die. You know? Mm -hmm. Um... But uh, but it's not that simple, and then he gets shot. Uh, we also have diagonal panels.
1: Yeah, as where, Tema, uh, as we think he's about to take the shot. Yeah.
0: Yep, and again we sh- we cut away from the gunshot. This the... is fucking. I... And you know what? The other ones are all well and good. I don't think we needed this one. I think no, we could have cut straight much. to him getting shot, and that would have actually been more surprising. Um, so it's it's i I love you Urasawa. pick it get a new move get a new move <laughs> um uh shall we go to chapter 160
1: yeah chapter 160 the living
0: oh also real quick just the, the spread with them in the in the wilderness uh that's important because the manga doesn't depart from realism barely ever it doesn't do like like in terms of depiction it doesn't get like cartoonish unless it's a storybook it doesn't place people in other realms or things to denote like different states of mind or something like that i think this is the only time where we legitimately see something that is not empirically happening
1: and maybe this is spoiling my thoughts on the very ending but i choose Mm -hmm. to believe this as Yoan having some actual sort of supernatural power to show people these hmm. visions of the end um hmm. not because not because like i have to do that to square the circle of of what this sure. is doing but to me i just i think that that's something interesting and it it lets me have a couple different reads on the ending i think its i'm, I'm
0: excited i'm excited to hear this to hear this pitch yeah um, uh, so, so
1: I, choose to, I choose to i choose like i said so my going my working knowledge on that is Johan has some sort of either psychic or...
0: So you think, you think this is empirically what is being experienced?
1: I think this is what Tenma and Johan uh-huh. are both seeing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, in addition to just being like a cool device, right? Totally. Um, okay. Chapter 160, The Living. Wim's dad wanders the street saying that the devil came to this town and killed everyone. He happens upon the scene from the end of last chapter. Johan holding Wim at gunpoint as Nina and Rudy look on in horror. Wim's dad realizes what's going on and shouts to stop. It's his son. And then he says, what's that? A monster. What is that thing? Pulls his gun, shouts to stop and get away from his son. And we get a gunshot. The same one from last chapter. Wim's dad is the one who has shot Johan. Uh, we cut immediately to a medevac chopper landing in the town. Uh, The police are there. The east side of town has been rescued. All the civilians are being carried out. A news crew is there as the police look for survivors. The reporter says that they've never seen anything like this before. The entire population of a town has been wiped out in wanton slaughter. What happened in this quiet little town in southwestern Germany? We see Wim and his dad uh as the police say that they have the suspect in custody the person who shot johan was herbert Knopp, wim's dad he shot the young man the police remarked that he was a severe alcoholic who claimed to have seen a seven-headed monster covered in horns attacking his son nothing he says makes any sense we cut to rudy being interviewed by some of the other detectives uh who don't understand what's happened. Uh, Rudy's told them that a young man call, who called himself Johan destroyed the entire town in an attempt to commit suicide. Rudy tells them that it's a long story, and even if he tells them everything, they probably won't understand. Tenma and Nina sit in a corner, looking extremely tired. The cops report that they found a wounded police officer at the Hotel Verstek. He's in critical condition, but he'll survive. Officer Lunga is carted out on a stretcher and explains that he's from the BKIA, And Roberto, the dead man in the street, is the one who was responsible for all of this. Hmm. He was almost able to kill him, but passed out. And uh, the last thing he heard Roberto say was that he was looking for a vision of the end. Uh, The cops carry Lunga off and say that they'll get more testimony from him later. And we get a couple shots of some of the villagers, the fisherman and his wife, explaining the thing about the lottery ticket. And, you know, how they feel that this was their fault. And then they realize, wait a minute, they lost the lottery ticket and all of the chaos. So everything can go back to normal the way that they'd hoped. Happy ending for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Real quick, uh, your camera froze.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, let me bump it and then that should... Okay, there we go. Mass Matt's back. Uh, Internet. Okay. Um, The cops continue to talk to Tenma. uh, And then someone rushes up and says that they need his help. Johan's in critical condition from the gunshot. He's still alive, uh, but has an extremely severe head wound. that can only be treated by a top-notch neurosurgeon. Lunga tells them to go get Tenma uh the cops have realized that tenma's the man from the wanted poster and they're about to arrest him but then the emt runs up and says that they need tenma's help to operate on johan nina and tenma look conflicted for a second uh and nina tells tenma that she wants to forgive him and that tenma did nothing wrong not then not now and whatever happens next it's up to him Tenma kind of has a look of resignation and walks away towards the medevac. And then we get a shot of a hospital room. I don't know if it's present day or if it's a flashback to the original surgery, but we're right back where we started. Tenma is operating on Johan after he's been shot in the head. Uh, And the last shot we get is looking up at Tenma as he prepares to begin surgery. We say, okay, let's begin. And then a blank page.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. camera froze
1: again again let me unfreeze it
0: what's going on with her i don't know i like this chapter a lot
1: i i do too um there's a lot in this chapter that i like
0: yeah there's a lot here uh there's a lot that happens in this chapter uh you want to you want to start us off
1: yeah, so I, the thing at the very beginning that I love is, oh, my camera's frozen again. It's just not oh, cooperating. Right. Okay, uh i okay. I'll turn it off if it freezes one third time. Yeah. But, um, Wim's dad seeing the monster as the seven-headed thing, you know, from the epigram, from the revelation of John the Baptist, um... this this is another part of my theory right that like johan has this supernatural aura around him that makes people see kind of this this evil darkness you know that is the the supernatural realm i because like i don't think he's literally seeing the monster i think you can explain this away in a couple different ways like i did the count the number of people that would be in that scene kind of in that little cluster it's seven because you've got roberto papa tenma Nina, Johan, Rudy, (laughs) Wim. So there's seven people kind of in a cluster, right? And if this dude is just severely alcoholic, going through withdrawal, having a panic attack, right? Like there's a bunch of different things that he can see. But I think um, him describing that vision and then the fact that like in the end, the thing that has gotten Johan, I kind of love it as a trope when it's like just someone who wasn't significant to the story at all. Is the one who got like the final blow. Um, sure, it's because it's it's surprising, it's unexpected. Well, and um, it's also
0: specifically like not only that, but it is a parent acting in defense of their child, and mm-hmm. it is not even a good parent; it is an actually a terrible, really, parent. really bad parent. But he here he is coming to the defense of his kid. Without a second thought, like he sees a monster threatening his kid and he shoots the monster, you know, like it is incredibly the best thing this character ever does, you know, Um, or at least the most, you know, you know, the, the one that's the best parenting, I guess. Um, And that's just really, I think it is very very thematically appropriate that the thing that takes down Johan is a parent protecting their child.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And it's even better that the parent isn't a good parent. That just makes it even more meaningful. Yeah. It's
1: um awesome. it's awesome and I think this whole ending sequence uh listeners you you'll be treated to something that that I've made. Um but I yeah. the, you, it's really easy to imagine the end of this movie. Right, as like the montage is happening, we've got kind of, you know, whatever the last track is playing kind of as the helicopter lands and we cut around seeing what's happened to everyone. And then the fact that where this all ends up is, you know, we've tied off all the loose ends. Wim's dad doesn't have to go to prison. Lunga said that Roberto's the one behind all of this. Um, Tenma and Nina have talked about being able to forgive Johan. And then and then the last choice that we're faced with in this story. Is the first one again where we've snaked all the way back around. You know, it's the beginning is the end, is the beginning is the end. Um Yeah. Tenma's gotta save Johan. All lives are equally valuable.
0: Yes. Even even Johans. You gotta save him. And and that's the thing, you know, we we're on this journey to save this guy. Or we're on this journey to kill this guy, and what happens at the end? We save his life. That's why.
1: Um, I like, I like Lunga's little moment as he gets carted out that he gets to, you know, explain what happened to the cops and kind of prevent any more confusion from happening. Um, and I like that the, the cops realizing that they've got Tenma, who's the guy that they've been chasing the whole time is it happens just as the, you know, the EMT guy runs up and says, we need you, Dr. Tenma.
0: Yeah, it's really, and, and it's really great because, you know, um, uh Tenma You know, when when Vim is is telling that uh it, it, he's yelling at the cops that his dad isn't a murderer. Um and Tenma puts his hand on his shoulder, and as we look up into Tenma's face, like you can see that his eyes are clear, his his face is clear, and he's you know He's a doctor again. This is who he was always meant to be. He was mm-hmm. never going to be able to kill Johan. He's just not that kind of a person. He is a doctor. And and the fact that this brings him back around and is like, this is the way forward. Healing. You heal everyone, no matter who. You forgive and you save. Which, now that I think about those verbs, Matt. Yeah. Those, uh those are kind of familiar verbs.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we got maybe a little bit of a Christ type going on here. <laughs> I'm, I'm detecting a a, a little bit of, of Jesus Messiah. Um, <laughs> just
0: a twist. Uh, yeah, yeah, especially with his like long hair.
1: Oh yeah. Hold- <laughs> Uh-oh, one of the uh, one of the things that yeah. is specific to my denomination, because a big part of it was like tied up in the temperance movement at the 1800s, right? And like health and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of writings from like people who are big in the church where they uh, refer to Christ as the great physician, right? Because he came and healed. Oh, yeah. My so it's <laughs> God. oh come on, <laughs> little culty, but um, <laughs> come but
0: on. no, I yeah. mean, that's it. That's come on, just in terms of its relevance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I
1: I've always uh, liked that descriptor. Um,
0: no, it is a really good descriptor. Because
1: um, I mean, what do we know? What were the miracles that Jesus did? It was a lot yeah, of just it, like it healing, people. healing people, people, making yeah. sure
0: people could eat.
1: Uh huh.
0: You know, um, and especially like you know, as a as a Jew, I think I think Jesus was a pretty cool guy. Uh, I think. Yeah, I, I know it's, it's complicated territory. Is cool. It is. It is. <laughs> you know, uh, I know some messianic Jews. That's an interesting denomination. You know, messianic sure. Jews.
1: I've met a couple. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's interesting.
0: I honestly think, if you ask me, I think Messianic Jews are probably the ones that are like closest to what Christ was envisioning.
1: Probably. That I mean, that yeah. sounds right to me. I mean, because Christ was Jewish. He was. Is, a, like, he was is yeah. the other okay. thing. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Complicated sorry. territory for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing that I really like is um, they uh, they lost the lottery ticket.
1: That is a nice touch. They lost, and, um, and
0: it is, it's a, it's a very non-king ending for a couple of king characters. Yeah, you know, because I think like, the king
1: ending would be they find it, and then it's like, do we really want things to go back to normal, or does this paranoia just kind of <laughs> stick around? It's
0: either that, or they would have, they would have died somewhere in the last few chapters. You know, I
1: mean, they both got shot. I'm surprised that they're alive, honestly. Yeah,
0: well, exactly, exactly. And I think here we see. I think that's- the fate of these characters is a good way to compare and contrast the difference between Urasawa and King. Mm. Uh, And and we can see what Urasawa does with his King influences and how he chooses to do something else, right? King gets pretty nihilistic. King loves a good, bad ending. Um, Mm -hmm. And as a horror writer, that makes sense. But you can really tell, you know, every time Urasawa writes something, it's always in celebration of the human spirit. and uh and i think the fate of these characters really shows us that
1: yeah um yeah. i don't really have any other notes for the end of this other than I like so. i said i think you it's too. good
0: yeah um okay chapter 161 tomorrow will come ava is talking to Reichwein, telling him about the new job she got at, uh, as an interior designer She hasn't been drinking a drop. Reichwein says, There's no need to rush anything. Either way, today will pass, and tomorrow will come. And Ava says, And that's happiness. Right? Uh, You know, and she says, People are a mystery, Sad memories fade, And we only remember the good parts. We're convenient creatures, don't you think? And Reichwein says, that's how we survive. At a graveyard, Jan and Verdemann are at the grave of Wolfgang Grimmer. Uh, Verdemann cleared Grimmer's name posthumously, but never found his real name. Lunga joins them. We find out that he's teaching at the police academy. And he's in touch with his daughter regularly. And he asks how much can people share in their lives. And says that he's sure there was a lot that Grimmer wanted to talk about over a cold beer. Ava is returning to Dusseldorf. And as she leaves, Reichwein looks back through his notebook where he's been... Scrapbooking the histories of Tenma, we find out that uh, Tenma was cleared of all charges. He did not go back to the hospital, and he joined Doctors Without Borders. We check in on Otto and Dieter. Uh, Otto's complaining about <laughs> Otto's complaining that Tenma's uh, doing Doctors Without Borders, and that doesn't make anybody any money. And Dieter's got soccer practice in southern France tenma visits a monastery
1: i think it's a convent because it's it's convent yes yeah um
0: and he visits a woman who talks to him a little bit about genetics and how she studied at the mendel university in Brno, in czech in the czech republic tenma asks if she is the mother of twins and she says yes.
1: Yeah, um, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. Did you remember that the twins' mother was alive or not? Because that was we the did. thing we, where we
0: talked about. Like, did that get tied up? Did that? Did we? Yeah, did we I brought it up. up?
1: Did yeah. you know that she was still out there? or Was this? Because I, I know completely you said the forgot about this. Was... <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I
0: two hundred percent forgot about this. I don't know. I don't think I would have been able to play it that cool if I remembered it. No, I completely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so i'm glad that she's here and she says yeah. she says a thing to Tenma that i think is interesting she says i feel like i could talk to you about anything no matter how terrible which well it's as, i feel
0: like i could talk about anything not specifically to, to
1: you. you i could talk about anything okay
0: yes but yes, because
1: it's it's interesting that's the thing that people always said about how johan made them feel right yeah. is like they felt like they could talk about yeah
0: in this case she's talking about the weather <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and this isn't <laughs> the first time he's visited her. She's visited a number of times, right? Um, you know,
1: I don't. I I think the detail that she was a geneticist is a very good one, and like that came Me up too. in the backstory. Indeed, um, yeah. and I I think that that's. I haven't quite figured out what I think that means yet, but I I love that that's you know, her I history
0: think it means. She studied at mendel university right mm-hmm. and you remember what mendel's particular contribution to genetics was right
1: yeah it's like the Punnett squares from um uh yes. the ideas and genetic or yeah. dominant and recessive traits
0: yes the idea is he discovered that things he discovered how things are hereditary how we mm-hmm. pass things on hmm. and i think that that is very meaningful in this story and a very meaningful thing you know for the parent of of johan and Nina mm-hmm. you know what did what did she pass on? She passed on her hatred um, yeah. uh you know and but she also passed on her protectiveness uh it was it's complicated as any parenting is complicated uh and you know like it's not i don't know if she's been looking for her kids or not she's been been living doing her own thing um but Mm -hmm. i think it's very interesting that her specialty in life is parenting literally Mm
1: -hmm. yeah um i like the conversation between nina or ava and dr reichwein right sad memories fade and we only remember the good parts because um, I think yeah. this plays into it's, I don't think it's quite a rebuttal of what we were saying, right? That like you have to forget the past. I think it's right. what you were saying is Reichwein has helped people realize they have to come to terms with it. And what's, exactly. and the other thing that Tenma, the Dieter always said that Tenma said was, you know, let's make good new memories going mm-hmm. forward, right? Um, And so I, you know, just having us, having that told to us so straightforwardly, I think is maybe like, okay, we should we should take that this is the stated one of the main stated goals of this comic is you know you're going to have bad things happen to you in life um but that that pain will fade eventually yeah um
0: and and that's how we survive and you know there's no point i think the other the other thing that this is saying is that there's no point in trying to make your past go away hmm. it will do that on its own you know yeah. if you live if you live in the present and you like like you face your past, you live in the present, you move to the future, and life will go
1: on. And I it love the only, physical yeah. illustration of that with just the shrinking articles on Tenma. And yes. it, like it, 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 Ava explicitly ties that back again, but like I just think it's it's such a like that kind of blew me away a little bit, right? Like the article the just the, the articles get smaller and smaller and smaller, you know? This yeah. thing that we've read a hundred and sixty one chapters, right, that's like monolithic and the worst thing that's happened in all of these people's lives and you know already it's slowly starting to fade. Yeah. And everyone's know. happy, you know?
0: Everyone's everyone is everyone has moved on. You know, I love wrap-up chapters at any yeah. like for anything. Like call that me being a child of the 2000s. I love a wrap-up chapter. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love an epilogue during the credits, you know. Where are they now? Um yeah. but I think for this story in particular it's not just appreciated but necessary because it was so it is so important to see them move on it is important to see their life after monster
1: right cuz we talked so much about how all these characters were different genre characters who were being pulled into this black hole and it's you know one by one by one we're getting to see them return to their to their lives yes um which is important and part of me yeah. the first time i read it i was like well, everyone's just ending where we started, right? And there's this kind of, this is a very like Tumblr post Avatar The Last Airbender thing, I think, right? Mm-hmm. It's like sh- good shows have arcs where people grow and change and things like that. And that's the only way that things are good. Um, and so there's like part of me that reflexively is like, well, everyone's ending up exactly where they started. That oh, does not feel good to me.
0: But uh, but, but that's
1: wrong. It's, no, but it is wrong, right? I mean, yeah. like in some ways, yes, everyone is back where they started. But I don't think that – I don't think that that means – and, like, obviously they're different, right? Like, obviously things have changed. But, like, situationally, we're right back where we started. And so, like I said, my impulse was, well, that feels bad. I I want them to be doing different things. And, like, they are. So it's – even if on its face it seems, oh, we've just gone back to status quo. Like, no one is the same after this.
0: No. You know, I mean, like, Ava's not an alcoholic anymore.
1: Tenma is with she's, Doctors she's, she's Without recovery. Borders, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, they offered him, in point of fact, to directly, to directly conflict with the idea that we're back where we started, the mm-hmm. hospital offered him a teaching position and he turned them down. You know? Uh, like, Tenma is doing an extremely different thing than he was doing. And Doctors Without Borders is pretty much the greatest encapsulation. I mean, if you're a doctor and you believe that all lives are equal, Doctors Without Borders is a really, really good way to put those beliefs into practice. Yeah. You know. Um, And like, okay, here's another
1: thing, right? If we just really want to hit the nail on the head, what has been one of the central preoccupations with, like, the politics of this story, how it works, right, is... Borders mm. collapsing after World War II and just like what <laughs> nation splitting and things like that. And Tenma just being like, no, I'm not going to, that doesn't, I, it, I don't, I don't know how Doctors Without Borders really works. But like the idea that it's just like this, just this.
0: Go around the world and save lives, you know? Yeah. Like, like the, fuck your the material,
1: the arbitrary yeah. material conditions that created all of this horror. Just I'm turning them off. <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: just... The great, the great physician. <laughs>
1: Yeah. You know? mm-hmm.
0: Like there is there is nothing there is nothing greater than the need to help. Um Yeah. Yeah, so it's a it's great. It's really lovely for for Tenma, you know, and for Lunga, you know, talking to his kids, or talking yeah. to his daughter over email, um
1: computer you know. letters for computer the computer letters.
0: man. <laughs> he is a computer man. Um
1: I do feel a little disappointed by the end of Yansuk's arc, but I can't imagine anything there's that's only, any better. Yeah, yeah, there's
0: only so much uh so you much can't,
1: room. Yeah, cuz I don't want him and Nina to end up together. Is no, and I, I feel like don't. that's the only other possible. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want that. So, oh no,
0: my god. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, so I think that's Oh, and I also I love this sun-dappled bench in southern France. Perfect it is so like after after this volume of this like awful rainstorm Dark where people are dying you know and then here they are on the most beautiful day a day so beautiful you could talk about anything um it really it is such a a breath it it soothes you even though it's not in color you feel so relaxed
1: mhm um All that. okay are we are we doing it chapter the final chapter the real monster.
0: Fuck, I got, I got a little... That made me get a little butterflies. A yeah. A little nerves. My God.
1: Okay. The mother of the twins tells Tenma about her husband. I loved him, and that man killed him. It was his experiment. I could never forgive him. Even if I died, the twins growing inside of me would punish him one day. My hand, don't let go of my hand. So we get from the mother of the twins uh, the story that we've had from everyone else before, uh, that she has passed her plan for revenge on that man into the twins. Uh, She asks herself, who are the real monster? And if the twins are alive and well, Tenma reveals that they are. And then we cut to Nina Fortner. Running late for something. uh, We cut back to the mother of the twins crying saying that she's so glad they're alive and okay and that she's remembered. And she probably will never remember again if she doesn't tell anyone now, but she gave them names. They had names. But we don't get to learn what those names are. Nina's back in law school, uh, late for a meeting with the grumpy professor from her introduction chapter. She apologizes for being late, and the professor explains that he's called her in because he knows that she's had... Kind of a weird year um, being absent from school for as long as she was with the events of this story. And she says that nothing excuses her absence and her poor grades. uh, But the professor reveals that her thesis is the best he's ever seen from any student in his entire career. He tells her that she's done a good job and he's proud of her and asks her what she wants to do with her life. And she says that she wants to be a lawyer. The professor says that she'll help many people and lets her go. Uh, and before she leaves, he he does it. But just one more thing. You can't be tardy in court. Uh, and she leaves kind of smiling and happy, taking a call on her cell phone from Dieter, uh, who asks if they're going to let her graduate. And she reveals they are. Uh, Dieter congratulates her and tells her that she could come home so they can celebrate. Nina says she's got to work and has plans with friends. But then Dieter tells her that Tenma's coming to town. And he's not going to be here for long, but he's going to be there. Uh, Nina hangs up uh, and starts running to go meet Tenma, canceling her plans with her friends. And that's the last shot we get of her, uh, happily running off into the sunset to go you know, be with her family. We then cut to the Bavaria State Police Hospital. Tenma's walking through the halls, past some nurses, going to visit someone. It's Johan still asleep, in a coma. He's been asleep the whole time since the accident, but Tenma talks to him anyways, unsure if he can hear him. He tells Johan that he spoke with his mother and that she loved him, and she told him his real name. Tenma sits there for a while, in silence and sunlight, and then, Johan sits up. There's a moment of horror as the two stare at each other, and then Johan tells Dr. Tenma there's something he wants only him to know. The night when the monster came to them. And then we get a flashback to the night at Three Frogs End with Peter Chopic and Franz Bonaparte uh, coming to take the twins to the Red Rose Mansion. Their mother holds on to them and tries to keep the men away. But Franz Bonaparte says, this is an experiment. We'll take one with us and leave one here. This is an experiment. Which one shall we take? We get scramble panels as the children hold on to their mother. She tells them not to let go, and in horror, they look up at her. But then her face changes. She's resigned to what's going to happen. She tells the men to take this one. Wait, no, the other one. There's a scream, and we cut back to Tenma and Johan. With Johan asking Tenma, did my mother mean to save me, or did she confuse me with my sister? Which is it? Which one of us didn't she need? We look at Tenma's face in horror as he gasps and begins to hyperventilate. But Johan's still asleep in his coma as Tenma sits there and breathes, reflecting on this. Finally, it's time for him to go. He stands to leave and turns to give one last look back at Johan. We see him walking away through the window outside and we cut back to the hospital room with the bed bathed in light empty Finn <laughs> dude, dude. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right Matt I gotta know what happened to you on that last panel
1: okay so I well I was breathing heavily and I think I am again right now um and
0: yeah, I mean there's a lot to oh, there's a lot to do.
1: I I don't think I screamed. I think I just quietly said, Wow. Um geez, what a what a way to end, I think. Like I know. you get the I happy know. ending and then you get this, right? Which is like maybe the really truly most horrible and terrible. like not obviously not, but like I think I think the thing is like we've had such a nice happy ending and then this thing just hits like a freight train I right know. like this this question that Johan is asking which if we remember what is what is the central what's the first central thesis of this story all lives are equal all lives yeah. are equally valuable yeah. and this is how we end this uh. is the horror and terror that that Johan wanted to show Dr. Tenma is this question which one of us didn't she need Yeah. Oh.
0: I think if I had to guess, I think that question is in Ruhenheim when Nina was like, "There's something he can't remember." Yeah, I think it was that. Yeah. Um,
1: to me, this is like really true. I mean, because we've said a bunch of times, this is the thing that made him a monster, right? It was Kinderheim five one one. No, it was the reading group. No, it was you know the story that Nina told him that night. I think it's this. It's this question, right? Are we all yeah. really equally equal? or you know it was my life worthless your parents didn't need you right that's the thing yes, that he says which, to all these you know, children
0: you know like yeah oh oh man you know and then there's and then you know there's there's what the mom said like the mom is like damn i wonder if, you know like damn was it me um yeah and I wish that, you know, it would be great to know, but I think that's what makes this so horrifying is there's no way for anyone to know what her thought process was, you know. Is you know, Johan asked this question, but is that even the right question to ask? Maybe she chose Nina on purpose because she knew Nina was stronger. Um maybe she was going to pick Johan because that, that guy was already kind of a little fucked up. Um, you know, and maybe he could have gotten through it better. Uh, maybe it was just panic because it would have been worse for the child for them to have been, she felt it would have been worse for them to have been like torn from her. We don't know. We'll never know. It's impossible. And there's no way she could have known
1: either is the thing. Right. And like, it's just, oh, I think, you know, we've, we've gone back and forth on like, why was she dressing them up the same? like and we were kind of trying to figure out like what is the point of that to me i think purely if it's just so we can if it's just so we can get to this moment in the story mm-hmm. i think it's fine i think it's worth it cuz like i uh,
0: yes this makes it worth it i think maybe it was so that papa wouldn't know which was which uh-huh so that he couldn't target one over the other
1: but that just backfiring into she doesn't know which one to protect, right? Maybe, is, maybe uh, just, we, man, who
0: knows? Who knows? But the question, I mean, and here we see, like, no matter what her reasoning, this is what this is the result. This is what did it, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Our lives, our lives, worth more than others because to you know, to Johan he has one a material of us was worth example more than the other. of, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, your mom did like someone better than the other you know your life one one of your lives was less valuable which one oh you know and also the crazy thing so that the page spread when johan sits up Johann's, oh it's a killer it's a killer it's even better because his face is perfectly positioned so that when you turn the page you're making eye contact with him
1: oh terrifying scary I hate it. it. Is, yeah. It oh, is, oh, oh, oh. I know. I know.
0: Like, once you realize that. I mean, he's
1: looking out worse. of the page at you. Yeah. This is yeah. a conversation. And this, this is where I continue to base my read, right? Because mm. if you'll notice, right, I choose to take this as a not quite like a dream sequence, right? But I think Johan's in the coma the whole time. I think this is like psychic communication between the two of them. I
0: percent agree. Yes.
1: I, because his mouth never opens. His mouth yeah. never opens in any of the panels, right? And if we're saying that this is Johan talking directly to Dr. Tenma but then also directly to us the reader and asking us like mm-hmm. the final question of this thing, <laughs> you know? Just yeah. fucking incredible, dude. Um
0: Yeah. Um Yeah. And and then in the final page he's not there.
1: I don't I don't take that as literal, I take that more as I mean, but maybe I do, you know. I think, I don't, I I don't know if to he's me, gone. I
0: see that I, I see that as Tanma told Johan his real name and Oh and now he no longer exists. It, no, no, no. The opposite. Just as it did when Wolf named him Johan, he was revived. Okay. He was in fact, you could say he was resurrected. <laughs> and and he has left to begin a new life as whoever this new person is with this new name. I think that's what this last panel is.
1: Okay. I wasn't sure if it was just I because mine I think was he slipped away and he's gonna he's gonna go do monstery things again. But like I don't I
0: definitely I mean it's sinister, don't get me wrong, there's a sinister yeah. vibe. But I
1: I don't I think, think this is literal. Whole... I think okay. to me this is an image the same way that I think that the you know, like a a dream kind of psychic y image. I think he's still just in a coma in that bed is like how I think the story ends. So we're we're different mm-hmm. there is kind of where we go.
0: I strongly disagree. I think yeah. it's I think it is no way. If we're saying that that the psychic like communication sequence is legitimately real, then it doesn't like I'm I'm not in for the bed not actually being empty uh-huh. i think the bed is empty you know um and obviously there's a ton of ways to do this because boy this is some real like 1960s last panel stinger bullshit oh it's good um you know it is good but it also yeah, this is the panel that launched a thousand youtube essays you know what i mean like we can do all we want with the subtext for this panel. But the fucking fact is that the text of this panel says nothing. Yeah. Like, like, and once we get into interpretation zone, we're just having fun. You know? Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Pure speculation. We're just having yeah. fun.
0: So the bed is empty. That's the text. Subtext, mm-hmm. anyone can be right about. So mm-hmm. that's a, that's just an important thing to keep in mind. Cause I just feel like this is an easy panel to really start arguing about. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think that yeah. uh, you know how we literally feel the story ends. I don't, I don't know. You, know, we can imagine whatever we want happens after this last panel. Like you said, yeah. it's it's yeah. we're just having fun. But I think this, this is, is such a powerful story. panel to end on. Absolutely, um, it's because isn't it's, the empty bed the end of the first or one of the ends of the first volume? It's like you know, huh. yeah. Um, that's good.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I mean. And I here, think there's, here we
1: are. Yeah. yeah, I think there's something interesting about the fact that we don't learn the names of, that we don't learn the real names of Johan or Nina or Grimmer, right? The only person, the only like legitimate, the only monsterfied person that we know a name was uh, Roberto. Roberto. He was the only one who we got his real name.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, which makes me I, I don't even know what that means. Annoyed about
0: it actually. <laughs> um, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I really like this ending. There's so many scramble panels. That memory is so intense. It's the most intense memory.
1: I I mean, I think we kind of, in my reading, I might've glossed over it a little bit, but I think every single face shot in this is incredible. We've got like weird fisheye a little bit. Sometimes we've got extreme close-ups. We've got like the, the screen tone behind people as it's horror and kind of, you know, like. Hyperventilating motion lines. I, everything is good. Yeah. Um, I
0: mean, the, the, spread, the spread with Johan looking at the viewer is one of my favorite oh, pieces in the whole thing. I mean, it's so incredible.
1: I think yeah. time for me to go. So, Tenma's last line as he stands up to go. The last line we get from him in this comic is him saying, Time for me to go. And then. Ah, he... Just
0: like, it, I mean, that's the last thing Jesus says in the Bible. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure. Um, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) time time, time for me to go Um,
1: and then the last look back no I mean look you're not wrong is the thing am I not wait am I not (laughs) you're not quite wrong so (laughs) that's so funny yeah um, so it's uh, it's killer I like that we kind of get that we can see him walking away through the window I like that we stay kind of anchored in that hospital room.
0: Definitely. Me too. Tenma leaves. We stay. Um, And Johan also maybe leaves, depending. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you have read all of Monster, and now we have discussed all of Monster. Taken as a whole from chapter one to 162. How do you feel about it?
1: big fan very glad, very glad we read this, very glad we did this i I understand why people hold this with the reverence that they do and why this is like mm-hmm. one of the you know one of the big comics um I think or one of the one of the big manga especially um I think it's just like a really good execution of a whole bunch of things that I like. I think it asks a lot of really f- interesting and fun. Questions and there's like a lot of stuff for us to discuss, just beyond like it being an exciting story. Um, just incredible art all the way through, uh, and it was really, you know, i I've, I think I've talked about it a couple times when we when we decided that this is what we were going to do. I was really worried that I wouldn't have kind of the background to be able to discuss it in a way that would be interesting or meaningful. Um, but man, it, you
0: really you fucking had it nailed, dude. Well,
1: I don't want to say I had it nailed, but it has been it's been so rewarding to read a story in a new format that I'm unfamiliar with, um or that I'm not as familiar with and kind of see a lot of the things that I like and like to think about and care about just kind of deployed in new and interesting ways. Um mm-hmm. So, I've I've been I I you know, thank you for encouraging me that this is something we should do uh because yeah. like, i just bought the first volume and wasn't you know i have plenty of first trades of stories that i never you know go past so i'm 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 glad that we decided to do this and i got to experience this
0: yeah me too um how do
1: you feel after is this your is this the second time you've read it in full Oh,
0: i mean you know me this has got to be what three four maybe right five yeah um you know what, do, uh, what are but... your big
1: picture thoughts after this reading
0: oh <sighs> I mean, I already loved it, but there was so much more here than even I thought. Um, you know, and even here in the, in the very last episode, we're unearthing, you know, this great thematic stuff. And it's just like, it's so rich. It's so well-connected. And having someone to kind of go through it and point out stuff and, and, uh, and help peel back all of the layers on this thing um, is just such a pleasure. And of course, having people listening. Um. You yeah, know, yeah. Thank you, thank you again, you everyone who has so listened much to ever. our listeners. Uh, it's really, it's really great having an audience. Um, and having folks that are interested in the stuff that that we're interested in. You know, uh, talking about media and and really like digging into it is is just one of my favorite things, and getting to do it with one of my best friends and one of my favorite favorite stories. Uh, just a, honestly, a bit of a... It's
1: been a delight. What a, a treat, family. yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and excited to, to keep doing it, frankly. I can't wait um, to
1: see what comes next.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I think it's about time for segments.
1: Yeah. Matt,
0: what's your favorite ten moment?
1: Um, I I do think it's this final... Ugh, it's it, it's impossible for it to be anything other than this <laughs> bedside revelation, right, of the, the true horror. Um, I mean, like, the The wasteland spread all timer, but I think it's I think it's this moment. Like it's speci- it might even just be specifically the last look back. Ah, um, hmm. uh, it's it's all the way through. Tenma firing on all cylinders this week. Every yeah, moment absolutely. in this last reading absolutely. is my favorite Tenma moment. Tenma honestly,
0: characterized so well. I think maybe it's let's let's begin. Wait, you know? wait,
1: wait, 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 wait! No, what? did I do the face thing in the in our first recording where I walked nice. through every with his confrontation with Lunga, every single face that he makes? Yeah, that was this reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. is my favorite Tenma moment. I take it back. Never mind. It's that.
0: Okay, that is a good one. That is a good one. I think yeah. I really like when he turns around slowly to uh, look over his shoulder at um, uh, Papa to be like, mm-hmm. I, I brought him back to life." You know, and then, oh man, and then he saves Johan. He saves Johan. He's on the quest to kill him, and then he, he saves, saves him. him again. Ah, ah! It's so good! Mm-hmm. Ah! Um, fuck, it's so good. <laughs> uh, we got a lot of side character stuff. What do you think about that?
1: I think it's the Lunga-Roberto fight for me. Specifically, like, the panel where Roberto f- throws Lunga into a wall and then sits on him. Just like
0: yeah.
1: wrestling move. Yeah. And like Lungid blasting him through the chair. Good too. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, I think probably I just love the devils in this town.
1: Mm. That's good. I guess
0: that's I guess that's more of actually like a You can an do unnamed... you can do that as
1: a minor, Yeah, because yeah, that guy only gets character. a name for a uh yeah. a second.
0: So okay, so my side character then is mm. Oh, I'm sure there was a lot he wanted to talk about over a nice cold beer.
1: Oh, that's a good one.
0: You know, just like, Lunga and Grimmer, two of my favorite characters, loved having them together, and I, I you know, I, I like that Lunga, Lunga is mourning him. Yeah. You know? and it's, I uh, do, it's just, I, yeah.
1: yeah, I really like the way that this story ended up kind of pairing people up in the end, right? Like, we got... Mm-hmm. Jan Suk and Verdeman, right? And we talked about how that was like an unexpected duo that we liked. We had yeah. Nina and Rudy running around for a little while together. We had Lunga and Grimmer. And then we kind of got like Ava and Reichwein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I like the pairings that we had in this film. Yeah, finale.
0: you know, it's these are people that became connected through mm-hmm. this thing. You know? Uh, yeah. You know, and, and Dieter and Otto.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. hmm
0: Like the result like Johan set out. And then to I guess it's Johan and Tenma. Is who yeah, the final pair you're, is. Oh God, you're Yeah, right. Holy shit. Yeah, you know, and, and it's just like like Johan was out here trying to disconnect everybody from everyone and make life w- meaningless. But people come together and they find meaning and they keep living. Mm-hmm. Um even Johan. And that's what a fucking victory
1: like yeah you're right that's that's how you that's how the monster has been defeated
0: yeah yeah um, you
1: know
0: so your favorite minor character
1: i think mine well i it's tragic but i do like that hot dog girl moment where she sees grimmer and is like oh, oh yeah. my gosh i was so oh. scared yeah yeah that's it's pretty so, good that one it's really it's tough. tough yeah that's
0: some classic like thriller oh man yeah uh-huh. oof,
1: oof, oof, oof. yeah who's rocking well, this week
0: oh my god who's rockin who's rockin i mean is it I... <laughs> no no sure no not. i don't know if oh you know who's rockin um uh geneticists that swore their progeny to revenge
1: okay yeah yeah, yeah. you're right
0: <laughs> that's that's big time who's rockin yeah you know, we kind of said it was, like, the husband last time, and this time it's it's her. It's her, um, 100%. Yeah, and two who get some kind of neurodegenerative disease. Uh, yeah. And live in a, live in a nunnery. Um it. Is a nunnery the same thing as a convent?
1: I think so. Hmm. I don't actually well, know. Well, it kind
0: of seems like, well, but, like, a nunnery is where they make a nun, right? It's like the nun production line.
1: I thought that's what a convent was, but I, I they might just be the same thing. Mm, convent same versus thing. nunnery. Uh, uh a convent might be gender neutral. So it's a monaster- oh, a convent okay. can restore to a monastery or a nunnery.
0: Well, I hope I hope listeners you've been enjoying all of this Christian trivia because <laughs> once we're not reading Monster, there was a lot I think of this week. there's just going to be a lot less um, yeah. uh there's still going to be some, but there's going to be less yeah uh god matt i is that it are we done I,
1: th- I mean that's it we don't have like i don't get to say next time we're gonna read i mean like next time we, we are doing a wrap-up episode yes um, we
0: are so make sure to get those questions in boys yeah, yeah, yeah. at gmail.com is there a dash or a space or is it just
1: it's just one word boys yeah, at com.
0: please send us send anything. us some uh yeah some anything send us some uh, fan fan art um
1: yeah sure <laughs>
0: you know but yeah some questions we'd love to answer some surely we will have stuff to do i've got activities i have thoughts too i've yeah, got so activities I... planned i'm excited um, for that thanks again for waiting an extra week for this one we really yes. appreciate that uh and uh i mean oh well well
1: we're gonna do plugs
0: yeah we got we gotta do plugs Plugs, uh, Matt, 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 my yeah. good buddy. Who are you? Where where I'm, can people find you on the internet?
1: I'm Matt Fennell. You can find me my my blog is blarple.net b-l-a-r-p-l-e.net net. there yet? Or? No, not yet. But that's just so I have I have links to other stuff. Is there? I'm on. Do I deleted think, my think, like, Twitter yeah. yesterday. Yeah.
0: I logged out of mine. I should probably okay. just fucking delete it.
1: Yeah, I downloaded my archive and deleted yeah. my account. Um. So I'm on Blue Sky at uh I think we
0: should. I think everyone should call it Beesky. I'm never I, gonna I call like it B-Sky. Blue Sky. Um, I think because rolls off the top.
1: It uh, much better. Yeah. So I'm on. Uh, well, my my uh, my buddy Jared calls it Bluey because he's a dad and he has kids. Bluey. Um, yeah. But I yeah. So I'm on Beesky at Matt uh dot B-Sky. We have an account for the show over there too. I think it's just Urassawa Boys. Um, so that, that's there. But yeah, no, that's, that's where you can find me. Quinn, where can the people find you? You can
0: find me at uh, 200proof.itch.io. That's 200proof.itch.io. Uh, as well as, uh, I think it's 200 proof games at b Um And that, that's where you can find me. Uh, you know, yeah, so next week, um, wrap up q a and some fun little like tier lists and rankings and uh maybe some fan casting
1: i think we're gonna do some fan castings i think that's gonna be yeah yeah
0: yeah at least one um and folks really from the bottom of my heart thank you for listening thank you for being a friend
1: thank you for being a friend